Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. What's the word? What's the word? What's going on, good people? Round of applause. Crazy day in the stock market. A lot to talk about. I didn't get as many text messages today. So I think we come more familiar with these slight drawdowns, slight almost corrections. We almost had a correction level. <clears throat> Been telling everybody, wait for this pullback. They don't want to wait. Patience. The market pays patience. the patience, man. Jumbotron information. Come on, man. How y'all doing? Good, man. How you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy Monday. I appreciate y'all. It must be extra cold. Shotty got on all the drip. <laughs> Yo, he didn't even take off his jacket. Nah, it's cold. Tomorrow's going to be even colder. They say it's going to feel like negative five out here. That's tough. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I don't know if the YouTube, if YouTube is on. Let me check. I'm going to check my phone, too. Yeah, um, it went down for a second. Shout out to everybody in Red Panda, all the earners. How y'all doing? Yeah, we on. We on? Yeah. All right. <sighs> Glorious Market Mondays, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we have a jam-packed show today. A lot of information. It was a crazy day in the, in the market. Um, crazy day in crypto. Uh, crazy day all around. It's been a crazy couple of days. Yeah. A couple of days since I thought we they last... weren't tied together. <laughs> yeah. Since we last spoke. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not even going to waste any time. We're going to get right into it because um, we do have a special guest tonight. So I'll just make some announcements first and foremost. First and foremost, we definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers to the families affected by the horrendous uh, fire in the Bronx that happened yesterday. That was crazy. Um, 19 people passed away. Nine of those 19 people were children. So, um, you know, that's definitely something that is a terrible situation. So um, we are definitely, we've, we've spoken to a few different people. So we definitely will be doing something in the very near future to raise some funds for yeah. them. We just have to just want to just make sure that, you know, it's set up correctly, it, that the money goes to the right people. So, you know, we've been in talks with a few different people. So hopefully, Hopefully by the time we have Market Mondays next week, yeah. we can have some a link or some information for anybody that wants to um, donate on, yeah. on, on that behalf. Because, yeah, you know, terrible yeah. situation. It's, it's prayers up for everybody. I know there's people still looking for their their, their families um, because they can't find them. It was horrific. It was 
a lot of smoke. So people got lost in that. Um, so again, man, just prayers up for everybody in the Bronx. Um, it's a tremendous tragedy for the city, for sure. Uh, we're going to do our part to make sure that we take care of our people. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, count your blessings no matter what. If you woke up today, you're blessed. If you're able to watch Market Mondays, if you're able to, you know, eat dinner, if you're able to breathe, uh-huh. you're blessed. There's plenty of people that are not able to do that right now. So And going through real life issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, for sure. So big week for Ernie Alicia. Um, our third year anniversary is tomorrow. Tom Yo, three years. Yeah, Tom that's flies. incredible. That is pretty that's pretty Tom Flies. Pretty great, pretty astonishing. Tom Flies. So <laughs> that's incredible. To bring it full circle, um our guest for episode 167 is none other than Miss Business, who actually was the first EYL alumni, the first guest that we've ever had on Earn Your Leisure. Yeah. So we brought her back and she's given a master class on everything you need to know how to start a business, how to do an LLC, what's the difference between LLC, S Corp, C Corp, uh, tax identification number, um, ha- payroll, uh, tax deductions for your business. Literally like a whole business boot camp. <laughs> for like sure. so many people ask, like, how do you start a business? So it's for people that's looking to start businesses and also people that have businesses but are looking to take it to the next level because we know that the number one reason why most businesses fail is because they don't have the financials in order. So yeah. that's a big, big episode. It's that's one of, t- it's one of our longer episodes. There was so much information. Yeah, ton, yeah. ton of information. So yeah. that's tomorrow, eight o'clock. Make sure you check it out. Um, this Wednesday, uh, the bro. Jose, credit dude, my brother, he will be teaching a class for EYL University on business credit part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose, appreciate you, man, for you got everybody in the Apollo in the Saturday event. I just spoke to him. So everybody that was there got into the situation that he talked about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did what he said he was going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Just breaking news alert this 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 week, please. The people who are at the Saturday event from the, uh, the Apollo weekend, you will be receiving an email. This week, we need to talk. Oh, that's your, that's it's your my turn. It's my said? turn. It's my turn. Yeah. Can I talk? Can I talk? I'm trauma material. Yeah. <laughs> it's my turn. So you will be receiving your emails this week. I know y'all been waiting. Um, It's time. It's time. We're going to get into some things. Yeah. And shout out to Lawrence, who did the technical analysis for us today for EYL University. And um, shout out to all of the earners that was in there for that. And we got a lot of stuff planned. So, you know, yeah. once again, I don't want to take up too much time because we got, oh, shout out to Ransom Jim's podcast who is top 50 in America right now. Yeah, that's incredible. Shout out to the charts, top 50, and in the investing chart, top 30. So shout out to the whole EYL network, obviously Market Mondays, obviously Ransom Gems, Ash Cash, Dream Nation. We got three shows in the top 30, y'all. So salute to y'all for making that happen. We, 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 we can't have this happen without y'all listening. Yeah, so shout, shout out to y'all. Shout, shout out to Matt. Yeah, shout out to Kiana and Matt. All yeah, congrats to her. She just had a show launch. Yes. That's sweet. Shout out to Kiana. Appreciate her. Yeah. Always. All right, Troy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Janice said, yo, Troy, don't forget, we got our book club this weekend. So we got we got our book club. Uh, I know Lawrence is going to be there. G will be there. What up to G? Uh, that will be this weekend. And so let's go into some, let's get into some things. This this episode of Earn Your Leisure, this episode of Market Mondays is brought to you by Ally, man. Ally is the leading digital financial service company with passionate customer service, innovative financial solutions, and they are relentlessly focused on doing it right for both customers and communities. Get with Ally to make the most of your money so you can save, invest, and spend on the things that matter to you. For everything we need, we're all better off with an Ally. Shout out to the people over there at Ally. Disclaimer? 
Love y'all. Let's do it. Here we go. So do your own research. Y'all know that. Y'all been here long enough. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice and research independently and verify anything we say and anything you find on our show and which to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. Please do your own research. I know y'all doing that. So I appreciate y'all wholeheartedly. Thank you. This is a message brought to you by the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure and the good brother Ian Dunlap, the mass investor himself. Do your homework. Do your homework. Love y'all. Stock Club uh, prices will be out after Market Mondays and Trading After Dark returns February 1st with Dream Team. Love y'all. Let's go. All right. Let's get into this. So um, before we bring on our esteemed guests, I just wanted to talk about a few things that I think, you know, would be relevant to have conversations about. Um, so first is the obvious. It was a crazy day in the stock market today. Um, the NASDAQ at one point was down 2%. And then it actually ended the day positive up six. So it was a, it was a very violent swing, um, dropped heavy, then came back up. So what, sh- what do we make it? What do we make it? What happened today? Uh, you want to start? Yeah. Everyone needs to stop panicking. If you were mm-hmm. at InvestFest, I gave you the target. Even two weeks ago, I gave you the target. What to use? So when the market is dropping, that is the time. If you've been practicing and you've knocked out your 300 practice rates by now, you should be able to hit 500, 600 points on NASDAQ and, you know, bring in a couple of coins. Trading has considerable risk. Please consult your advisor. Please do not trade the futures market or any other markets if you're not um, liquid or solvent. But you, when these kind of moves happen violently to the downside, you have to be prepared. I mean, of course, we're talking a lot more detail today, but I always say there's no such thing as a bad market, only bad entries into it. And if you're panicking, it's just probably because you bought at the top of the market. Yeah, I, I said I had a few calls this week because uh, the last time we were on um, on January 3rd, the Nasdaq itself specifically was at 15,829 points. Mm-hmm. And um, at the low today, it was at 14,000. So we're talking about 14,555 to be exact. So we're talking about a 1,200 point swing. And so I told people, look, man, your seatbelt is on. We've seen this before, especially since we've been uh, doing Market Mondays. We've seen this happen in September 2020. We saw it happen in October 2020. We saw it happen in November 2020. We saw it happen in February 21. We saw it happen in March 21. And so we, we know and we should be prepared for these type of swings. The issue is that people are saying, all right, should I buy now? Should I buy now? And I'm glad that we've talked about this on the, the lunchtime call. We were like, look, find companies, companies that are profitable. A lot of these companies that haven't made profit have had the harshest swings or drawdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding that information, and, and I'm shout out to my, my dog Lawrence again for teaching that, showing the, the, the community that you can find good companies at prices that are good to get in, right? Mm-hmm. It, and and that, that's really the key. I hope everybody's paying attention to that. Look for companies that are profitable. We already know the mega cap companies that are profitable, and we've been talking about those for a long time. But Find some some strong companies, right? Everybody's asking, what about Square? Is it a profitable company? Look at it. Look at look at the balance sheet. Everybody overcomplicates investing too much. Yeah. <laughs> and it really comes down to, like we talked about, patience. Um, if you wait for the price in which is best to buy, you won't have these. And I'm going to be honest, this is not even a hard pullback. So if you're panicking right now, whew, wait till April comes if they stop quantitative easing. Like you have not gotten the right spot. And that's why I'm so big on being 
big on prices. Please write this in chat. The price of where you buy your investment matters more than anything. This is not last year. It's not last year. Quantitative easing is not there. Money is not just sloshing around and you can buy at any price. For everybody last year who was like, yo, crypto is delivered from the actual stock market. Vanguard owns a bunch of that too. I can't wait till that comes out. All markets are tied together. Now we're just going to see a little bit of a change. And you saw it in Kathy's portfolio. Um, mm. And I'll, I'll ask Josh about that tonight, but I told you they were going to come for her. So Teladoc, the ones that we stated were no good, they're falling even further. Now we're going to go back to the companies that can print the most money, have good revenue, good top line revenue, good bottom line revenue. Those are going to be the ones that do incredibly well. Um, and lastly, whenever you're picking an investment, you can't all you can't think about the upside of it. You have to think what happens if this goes to hell in a handbasket. That's why I say two tech, two index, because the indexes have the banks and everything else and utilities and construction inside of them already. So if tech does take a dive, VOO and VTI will go up to the upside. So please be mindful. Yeah. And like you said, this is this is not a correction, right? By definition, a correction is a six to 20 percent drawdown on a market. And so like the Nasdaq was down, I think at the high was like at 5%. So we're not there yet. It's a pullback. It's a pullback, but that happens. And you almost, you almost kind of want it to happen, right? We know the trajectory of gravity, right? Anything that comes up must go down. We know that theoretically, but when we talk about stocks, we kind of forget that, right? We don't want it to continue to run. We need to have some correction. We need to have some pullback. We need to have some sell-offs. And so we can have that continued uptrend. Like you should. This is the equivalent of you guys selling a beach house because it rained hard for two hours. <laughs> now quiz time when is the last time the nasdaq had a negative year for everyone who's been doing homework take that in consideration but once again i do not want you guys to get tricked out of your spot worrying about short-term pullbacks what you should is have your investment automated leave it alone and it's not that I don't want you to be rational or strategic in your buying, but the, I, man, I'm just going to be honest. The biggest thing and biggest mistake I see most people see, you keep tweaking your portfolio so much that you end up giving away all your gains. You buy the high, you get rid of it. Then I'm, well, I'm going to buy at the bottom. The bottom come, you don't want it. Then we go back up. You're buying in the middle, comes down half a percent. I get out again. Now I'm going to go make an NFT. Man. Is, <laughs> Next best option. Next best option. <laughs> Ian, Ian, hate to hate the poop coin NFT. This the one. Okay, listen, I want y'all to make money. So just because I may not like an asset, and honestly, like I don't have any skin in the game. I don't sit on the board of any of these companies, so I don't care where they go. Honestly, but if I know that you're not going to make money from it, I don't touch it. And I know if it's going, if I'm buying it and heavily, come on, I'm just be mindful of that. You only need to follow one consistent strategy, and that's to buy the top four or five companies and that's worked throughout time for the last two, 300 years do not deviate, but you guys keep deviating because you think because that crystal ball is going bright behind me, man, it gotta be something else that he holding back in that pineapple juice. That's the real secret. The real secret is that I don't take the stocks out of my portfolio and I keep buying the same ones. Can you talk about what quantitative easing is for anybody that might be new that might not be familiar with what that is? 
Yes, a quantitative easing is the Federal Reserve pushing money in, in, into the market. So I made the analogy, I think last week, like when MLB and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds was going crazy, hit 90 home runs a year, and it was looking like a video game. It is financial steroids. So, and we, there are some people now who want to make the argument that the Fed is actually destroying our financial ecosystem. And I want to ask Josh, what does he think about that when he comes on? But they're putting out so much money into the market and made last year easy. Now we get to see, okay, now there's no more Balco, there's no more steroids. Let's see how many home runs you can get in the real environment. The, last year was simulation and quantitative easing picked up, of course, after 2008. And it was really Alan Greenspan's idea to push this form of quantitative easing, but it's really just flooding the market with money. And that's why everything was going up. NFT, real estate, I mean, uh, a G-Wagon that's 160 yourself at 325 now because so much money is flowing and people will pay over what the price of the value is. Um, no, I was gonna say, and, it's a, and it's a shortage of everything too. Mm -hmm. They're using that supply and demand thing crazy. Like mm -hmm. I, I had a couch. It took 10 months for me to get my couch. And they said like Corona, there's no cars. You can't get a car right now. Um, oh. I was watching CNBC, I think CNBC today was like, so they brought up a good point. Like the housing market, there's not enough houses. Yeah, we yeah. haven't we haven't built enough houses. Yeah. That's another reason why the housing market is so crazy right now because there's literally not enough houses like for people to actually live in. That's why a lot of people are still living in apartments and renting things mm -hmm. of that nature. So everything, computer chips, there's there's not enough of anything on the market right now. Yeah, I was I was, I was that was the conversation I was having um, with Tip. Just, he was just like, "Yo, I'm in Atlanta. There's just not enough houses." And so that led to a conversation what you're talking about. Everybody's like, mm -hmm. oh, there's a scarcity. There's a scarcity. There's a scarcity. Hey, and Machida got to get back on new construction real quick. He's working. Yeah. Now nah, he's working. Yeah, yeah. shout out to T.I. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, but even with that, you can control supply and demand. Like, even if I wanted. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I could be like, hey, I'm only going to accept five people in Stock Club for the next three years. What would the value of that be? They're, they are manipulating the supply and demand to, of course, drive up those prices. And it won't be told for a long time about what the real cause of this financial calamity that we're going through right now is. But I will say people are getting all the cash that they can just in case disaster does strike. I don't think that it's accidental that the things that have been happening in the last two years um, have occurred. So... This is the part, though. This is the part you have to love. Um, if you, I tell you guys, my favorite book on investing, Money Master the Game. Um, one of my favorite quotes out of there that he got from Jim Rohn, if you love the summer and the spring, you have to appreciate the winners. Winners are when you build your base. And so here's a trick, because we all, because it sounds good, right? But when you're down like 14% of the day, it doesn't feel good. Literally, you need to trade, excuse me, you need to long-term invest in an account that is automated and which you don't open. Like you just have to put your hand over your eyes and be like, dear Heavenly Father of Nazareth, please. I know I bought at the right, right, wrong price, but I promise the Lord, if this go up one time, right? 
and then give it three, 30, 30 days, 90 days, you'll be good. Put, I wish I kept this stock in chat. If you sold something in 2010, 2012, 2016, 2017, and you would have been up 300, 400%. Yeah. Remember, remember, you are buying businesses. So when Xander tells people what I do, he does not say he runs Red Panda. Xander says he owns part of Apple. Yeah. You are buying a percentage in a business. Do not lose your spot. Yeah. And I feel like um, it almost feels like you almost sometimes kind of go through something to really appreciate it, right? Like what you're saying, like if I could put my hand in chat, I would. Like I had Apple in 2007, I sold it, right? I'm just like. But, but I had to go through that. I had to experience that to watch this company Boy. completely take, like we're talking about 200%. Now we're talking like thousands in the percentage. But it was no, like no, you, listen, had, no. you had to go through that to say, all right, that can't ever happen again. It won't ever happen again. No, now no, I've learned from that. Man, my guy was rich when he told me um, and could have lost his job. He told me to get in the city when the stock split at 210. Uh, city now adjusted for prices at 66 bucks. Yeah. And whoever I spent that little date money on with, boy, she sure ain't around. I don't even remember who I was dating in 2009. <laughs> oh, baby. That's why I tell you guys, like, when you go through those harsh, like, remember back in the day when you guys were watching on, on YouTube and, like, Jordan got beat up by the Pistons and that was the fuel that he needed to get to the next level? Those are your investor lessons. Like, yeah, you you're need going them. to miss out on something. And then that that's what gave me my drive i'm like oh, i'll never miss another crash again so that's what i'm telling you guys it's not that hard of a pullback right now like we can see a hell of a lot worse and i'll give a couple prices for you guys tonight so you can be okay but just hold on hold on if you would not sell any of those uh residential properties that you guys have in new york sure. hey don't sell these companies because if so you'll be upset or i'll buy them off you uh, i'm happy to take them off your hands yeah that's all <laughs> yeah. all right so let's bring in my God, Josh, Josh Brown, the legendary Josh Brown has entered the chat. Long Island's own. Yo, I knew he was coming, so I put up the Wu-Tang and I put up B.I.G. in honor of Josh. And jo he takes me as a sneaker guy. He takes me as a Jordan one, so I'll put those up for you too, Josh. All right, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Wait, can you guys see me? <laughs> yeah, 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 I can see, see you. I can see you. Yes. How you doing, man? I miss you guys. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, man. man. Happy, Happy New did Year. We did, we did it. How, when was the last time we did this? Like uh, last winter, right? Yeah, it was a, a year yeah, ago. Like a year, year ago. Yep. Like January, last January. Yeah. Oh, man, that was fun. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you so much for inviting me. Nah, nah. Oh, it's a pleasure. Love, man. Always a pleasure. Did, Always a pleasure. Did, so, did you hear the part about, oh, you got the shirt on. Okay. Yeah, I like Somebody you, got that. <laughs> My I said, God. I, I put up. You, I'm, I put a, up I'm a fan. Number one. I'm a fan. Oh, I see. I see. There you go. Yeah, I'm yeah, made. a little Wu-Tang. I, I know you love Wu-Tang. And, and Iron Man. All right. <laughs> Iron Man's in my top. Iron Man's in my top five of the solo Wu joints, but it's not top three. It can't well, what's be top the other four? Yeah. Liquid Swords is one for me. I should have put that purple, up. And Purple that. Tape is two. But I, I go back and forth with those every once Pur in a while. It's whatever tape. I listen to last. Purple yeah. Tape. That Purple Tape is purple different. Tape, yeah, purple purple tape. tape is different. So I mean, Josh Brown needs no introduction, but I'll give one. Um, Yo, Ian, so Ian looks like he's in the purple tape right now. <laughs> <laughs> that crystal ball glowing, baby. Uh, All right, sorry. Chart on, colors on. <laughs> jo Josh is the superstar of CNBC's halftime report. He's also the C CEO of 
Ritz Holtz. Ritz Holtz. Ritz Holtz Wealth Management. Nailed it. A boutique, a boutique <laughs> wealth management firm in Manhattan. Um, the guy is extremely, extremely intelligent. One of the smartest people that you'll ever hear talk about stocks and very, very fun, cool guy um, who we've had the pleasure of connecting with last year through Matt. Shout out to Matt. Yep. And um, yeah, it's been a great relationship ever since. So Josh, welcome back, brother. Thank you so much. Great to be here. So um, let's get into it. I guess we can we can all just trade off on, on asking questions. Um, so, Ian, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you ask the first question here. Given everything that's happening in the market and everyone is panicking, uh, give people some advice if they are getting their ass kicked in the market today. Do you, f you feel like everybody's panicking yet or on the verge of panic? Like what? I don't, I'm not sure if they're I see a, verge. a lot of panic. Yeah, they're there. They're I there. think they're worried. You know what? I think it depends on what your portfolio is, is made up of right now. Like if you're, if you're heavily into NASDAQ growth, large cap growth, um, if you are heavily in tech, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole lot. We could go there, yeah. but that's like a whole other thing. But if that, like, if that's what, uh, most of your money is invested in, you, you probably started panicking weeks ago uh -huh. and it gets worse. It gets worse every day. But the reason I ask is I don't feel like the average investor is allocated that way. Like, like most people that are just like, uh, 401k participants, they're in life cycle funds. They have some exposure, but they have way more Apple than they have ARC. And mm. I, I don't even think Apple is 5% off its high yet. Is it 6% maybe? Right? Not yet. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it, will, it probably will be before this is over. But no, I, I, I guess panic is, panic is subjective, right? It's like it depends on who you're talking to. Um, I'm not seeing a ton of it just yet. But if this goes on for another week or two, <laughs> it'll, it'll be everywhere. Yeah. I just, I don't know if we're there yet for there yet. So let me, let me ask you a question. Um, your comrade at CNBC, Jim Cramer, <laughs> he said um, that the Dow Jones is, is being held up by bank stocks while tech is crashing, which brings up an interesting point that tech is not doing well, but bank stocks are doing well. XLF, which is the bank ETF yeah, um, is almost 52 week high. And yeah. You know, JP Morgan's not doing bad and Goldman Sachs. Yeah, so, and all these so mm -hmm. how, what's the deal with bank stocks and how do you feel about investing in the banking sector? Well, I think, yeah. So I, I own uh, JP Morgan shares and the, the financial sector is weird because a lot of the biggest financial companies in America are currently classified as tech stocks. Like PayPal is obviously a financial company. It's, it's the bank of the new generation, but um, the index committee has it classified as a tech stock. I don't know why. Same thing with whatever we're calling Square now, Block. Um, believe it or not, even Visa and MasterCard are considered to be technology companies. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously, they're engaged in finance, right? So they, I, I try. So I guess what the first thing I would say is I try not to get too hung up on definitions of 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 like what you think a stock is and maybe just try to focus on the company itself because one thing that's happened over the last five years is that the people running technology companies don't respect any borders they're willing to go into any business they feel like going into they don't care if this is considered tech that's considered whatever take uber they're like in the food service business at this point um <laughs> food delivery is is more revenue than than ride hailing 
So what is it a transportation company? Like, what is it even? Right. So I try not to get hung up. The thing with the Dow that's really interesting is the Dow is price weighted, which I know I know you guys know this, but I, I want to do this for the viewers because maybe it's been a while since you've gone over this. What makes it a really tough way to gauge what the market's really doing is that it's not weighted on market cap like the S&P 500. Like in the S&P 500, Apple and Microsoft have the biggest market cap. So they're the most important stocks. So what they're doing each day has the biggest impact on what the S&P does. Same with the Qs, the NASDAQ. The bigger stocks are more important. The Dow is weird. It's not based on market cap. It's based on the price of the stock, the share price. That's why Apple had to do a seven for one split to get into the Dow. Yeah. The Dow didn't want to put a thousand dollar stock in there because it would be like thirty percent of the of the average, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at the biggest weightings in the Dow right now, they they're somewhat defensive. United Health is number one. Why is United Health number one? Again, look at the share price. It's uh, hold on one sec. Four sixty-five right now. Four sixty-five. So it's the highest priced stock. That's how crazy this is. It's the highest priced stock in the Dow. Therefore, it's eight point three percent of the Dow. So UNH is a defensive stock. It's health. It's it's healthcare, literally insurance. So it's not going to trade like Nvidia. So that's what's keeping the Dow up. Number two, Goldman Sachs, seven and a quarter percent of the index. Number three, Home Depot, 7%. It's not until you get to number four, Microsoft, where you get a tech stock, and that's only a 5% weighting. So the Dow, when you just glance at it, it's misleading. The real market is the Russell 1000, which is the thousand largest companies trading in North America or, or, or in the United States of America, yep. or the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest. Like that's, to me, much more representative. And the Dow does weird things in the short term, like holds up in a tape like this. And you're looking at it you're like, wait, I don't understand what's going on. That's what's going on. It's got big defensive stocks with very high weightings. Yeah. So I'll stay there with, with, with JP because uh, today, uh, Jamie Dimon, obviously the CEO of, of JP Morgan Chase, said that the U.S. is headed for its best economic growth in decades, almost comparable to right after the Great Depression. He said, based on the consumer balance sheet, it's never been in better shape and that consumer spending is up 25% uh, today more than pre-COVID. So what's your thoughts? Do you think, are we in a better shape based on what we've seen thus far in the, the first couple of days or a week and a half or so of, of the market? Are we in a better shape for 2022? Well, the consumer, the consumer has never had a, a, a better balance sheet in our lifetimes. I think you guys are roughly, you guys are a little bit younger than me, but we're all kind of in the same generation. Yeah. Never in our lifetime has the consumer been in the condition the consumer is in. Now, why? Well, for a year, there was nothing to spend money on except, you know, digital bullshit. <laughs> but there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. Um, the government was doing transfer payments directly into people's bank accounts. Uh, interest rates were lowered to zero. So a lot of people were able to pay debt off. And that's yeah. where a lot of stimulus money went to pay down credit cards. We know this empirically. This is data. It's not opinion. So what we did was a lot of balance sheet repair for let's call it the bottom quintile of american households the the bottom 20 percent by let's say net worth have had a really big benefit uh, despite all the sacrifice have had a big financial benefit of both what the fed has been doing and what the treasury has been doing and that's still with us 
And that's the kind of thing that has, has compounded. And so those numbers look really good. Ironically, that may not be a great signal for what the stock market might do. In 1994, the Fed was so worried about how great the economy was, Zalen Greenspan, that they shocked everybody. I think they did an overnight 75 basis point rate hike in 94. Go look at a chart of uh, 10-year treasury and look at a chart of the S&P 500. Right after he did that was a 20% correction for stocks. Oh, like Jesus. instant, almost, because inst not because it was such, such a terrible thing to raise rates. They should have raised rates. Investors don't do well with, with uncertainty and with surprise. Yeah. Right. So it's about surprise. So the economy in 94 was sick. And 1995 actually statistically is the best year for the stock market of all time. 1995. But you had to have that pain in 94 as expectations changed and the Fed was normalizing, you know, interest rate policies, raising rates uh, in order to counteract how strong the consumer was, how great the economy was. So ironically, we may be set up for a tough year as interest rates get like to a normal place. It may uh -huh. not be a fun year for stocks, even if it's a great year for the U.S. consumer, for shopping, for Main Street. And it's OK. Like we're all in this economy together. It's okay if our stocks go nowhere for a year, but people we know see their finances improve or get a raise or whatever. Like we have to, we have to accept that not every sacrifice. year is going to be a thirty percent year. It's yeah. not realistic to expect that. And ninety-four, the, the drop was twenty percent. You say, what was the return for ninety-five? Do you remember? Just to give perspective, forty-eight percent, no five percent pullbacks, or some crazy That's shit like crazy. that. It was like, it it was, I so statistically like. When you how, how do you how do you decide what's the best year for stocks ever? It's not just how much do they go up, how many sectors went up, all yeah. of them in that case. Yeah. How much volatility there wasn't any that year, <laughs> none. <laughs> uh, right? How many new highs? Almost every day a new high. So that's like that's a great way to like kind of think about. Now here's what's interesting about the year we've just been through. The deepest pullback was five point seven percent peak to trough in the S and P which is nothing, That's nothing, nothing, yeah. not even a correction. nothing. This is, we had Delta this summer and we still couldn't get more than a 5% peak to trough pullback. And some stocks didn't even participate. Yeah. I don't think Apple went down at all. Barely and that's the most widely held yeah. stock in America. Right. So that's on the, that's on the surface. You, you did a 28% total return, including dividends, nothing worse than a 5.7% pullback. Now beneath the surface, I think half of all NASDAQ stocks are, are, are in a, or 40% of NASDAQ stocks were in a 50% drawdown. There was a lot of pain that took place starting last summer, and we're still feeling the effects of that. There are broken charts everywhere, IPOs, SPACs, Kathy Wood, like all of that. We talk about, talking about hundreds and hundreds of important stocks that their highs were July, August, and people are just getting absolutely wrecked. So... The version of the market that you experience, this is the first question we started off with tonight, quite, quite often is a consequence of what your allocations look like and what you own. That'll color your opinion of it's a good market, it's a bad market. Josh, let me ask you, well, first, um, YouTube, shout out to YouTube, 7,600 people, and we are competing against- Boop, boop. 
first ever Monday Night Football. Oh, no, no, no. The National Championship. National Championship. Okay. Nick Spurs. Yeah, no, we call it Nick Spurs. See, that I, game I, the other night was crazy, though. Yeah, you, we're, we're, we're competing against the National Championship game. Yeah. Um, you kept bringing up 94. It made me think of the Knicks. Yeah, the last yeah, time yeah. They is, this true, is this true story? You guys had Batnick on, and he had the Knicks game on next to the screen. Is that true? We'll talk, we don't, we'll talk we'll about talk, that talk, later. Talk, there was talk, some blowback. <laughs> Shout out, Mike. I love you, dearly. That's, that's real fucked. Okay. I love Mike. That's Very fucked JC. up, though. Right. He had a good, he had a reason, though. I'm here to redeem us. I'm here to redeem uh, us. Downtown nah, nah, has been represented. Nah, you're, doing, you're doing a great job. You're funny. You're doing great. The resurrection. Um, let me ask you this. I saw something on your on your Instagram that was extremely interesting. Um, A O Smith Corporation. Uh, oh, that was oh, a bomb. Yeah, let's on. do tickers. Yeah, Yo, I got new. Bomb. I got new. I got new stocks for this year. I haven't even talked about these anywhere. Um, A.O. Smith, I talked about publicly, but I got other ones. Uh, listen, we're underhoused in this country. You guys have tons of real estate people come on, mm-hmm. and you have mortgage people, you have uh, home builders, um, and so you guys know this. We really don't have enough houses. The, the up and coming home buying generation, they don't want to buy these pieces of shit from the 1960s that my parents' generation is trying to sell them. They want new houses. They don't want to renovate 60-year-old houses. We got to build more houses. Everyone knows this. The problem is uh, it's going to happen at a glacial pace because Uh of how expensive it is to put up a house right now. You can't find labor. You can't get appliances. You can't get this. You can't get that. So there's going to be, I think, a bull market in new housing, like for as far as the eye can see. The most common age to be in America right now, I think, is 29 or 30. That's the year you buy a house, like all the mm. years around that, right? That's the, like, so you look at the population. What's the age that most Americans are? It's literally the prime home buying age. So bullish on housing. And I know interest rates have been helping, obviously. Rates will go up. Mortgages will get more expensive. But I still think the demand is there. Household formation is going to be explosive. Every time they build a new house, every time, no matter how much the house is, how many bedrooms, what region of the country, whatever, it needs a hot water heater. It needs a boiler. Mm. There's a 50-50 shot. You go down in your basement, look at your boiler. There's a 50-50 shot. A.O. Smith made it. They have half the market. <laughs> They're a monopoly. I mean, that's right. As close as you get. Yeah. A.O. Smith been in business since the Civil War. 140-something years. Been public forever. Uh, it's still a $13 billion market cap. Nobody even knows that this thing exists. Mm-hmm. If you look at the new, if you look at the new highs list, it's littered with companies like this. They're value stocks, pay dividends, do buybacks. They're involved in home construction. Eagle Materials is on that list. Masco makes sheetrock, wallboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's like there's like 50 stocks like that where you've never heard of it, but every house contains their equipment or material. So to me, that's a really great place to be hiding out right now. And look how that stock holds up relative to the NASDAQ, let's say. It's like, I feel like that's like where people want to be this year. Yeah. yeah. A- a- AOS was at two at 343 in 2002. It's at 82, 89. My, my bad, Troy. Um, but just want to give context for how much it's went up over the last like 20 years or so. No, you're good, man. I was just giving you the ticket. People just kept asking, what's the ticket? What's the ticket? AOS and, is the and ticket. That, yeah, AO Smith, AOS. And now yeah. they're entering China and India. 
and not just entering like like selling from here. They have like organization on the ground there. And what makes those markets so exciting, obviously the size is endless. Uh, you could build endless houses in these places. There's nothing Absolutely. there in, in a lot of cases. But water purification is another business they're in. And the drinking water is just not what it is there. They need they need all that stuff. So um, I think this is the kind of stock where you just put it away, you pay a dividend every quarter, reinvest the dividend, do that automatically through your brokerage uh, account, and just forget about it. Just forget about it. And this is a, a way to play like the next generation uh, coming up and buying houses, building houses. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, so I want, I want to talk about something that's happened here in New York um, over the weekend. Uh, and I know most people are going to be like, yo, Troy, you always talk about DraftKings. Yeah, I do. Um, not profitable because <laughs> a lot of money is spent on advertising. Obviously, Penn Mutual, same thing. So, Josh, I want to know your thoughts on online sports betting. It's here Penn, in New York. Not Penn Mutual. Penn, Penn National. I would say Penn Mutual. Penn National. Uh, online sports betting is here in New York now. And so what does that mean? For the industry, um, companies like Caesars and Penn National, Flutter, DraftKings, obviously. Is it Penn National or is it just Penn? No, I think it's Penn National. Penn Gaming. Penn Gaming. Penn Gaming. So, obviously, we, they've spent DraftKings and spent a lot of money. FanDuel, which is under Flutter Entertainment, has spent a lot of money on advertising. But there's so many people having advertising. You can't turn the TV on without seeing the Caesars online uh, betting commercials right now with uh, JB Smooth. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts <laughs> about... Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand his commercial. So he's like, <laughs> Madison Square Garden is empty, and he's like yelling to the empty seats. Yeah. He's like, Caesar is here, and there's nobody. They started like, doing a prime of COVID. It's weird. Shit is weird. Yeah. Uh, we we got Halle so, Berry out of that, so we, we gotta at least be acknowledged. Fair. <laughs> I'm not in any of those stocks, and I never have been. And it's not that I don't think online betting will be big. I just don't think it will be that profitable. When you look at like Ladbrokes and some of the companies that have been operating in England uh, legally for years, they're just not such great stocks. And then you compound that with the problem of uh, uh, market marketing. Like you're seeing those commercials everywhere. None of these companies are profitable. They have to spend so much money to acquire a customer. So I think that market has to consolidate. There are too many. There's MGM, Caesars, this, that. Like, there should be, like, three of them, I feel like. And that's where it'll ultimately go to. And I don't think that I'll be able to figure out who's going to win uh, out of that crop. Like, gun to my head, I would probably bet on the Barstool guys just because the genius of that is that they are the marketing, so they don't have to buy commercials. Yeah. And but it, but for the other guys, for um, FanDuel has to give Bill Simmons a million dollars a minute basically and and DraftKings is spending money like like forget it and like that's not to me as an investor i don't want to see a business that requires that level and concentration of, yeah. of market. this episode is brought to you by pepsi i remember going to an hbcu football game it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life watching an hbcu's team and band bring so much excitement to the stadium completely packed with fans it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The best part about it is that Pepsi is a proud supporter of HBCU students on and off the field. Pepsi and HBCUs, that's what I like. Marketing all the time, yeah. Because yeah. How, how do you ever make money? Yeah, because so, if you looked at it, like Flutter owns the rights to FanDuel, and so in, if you want to invest in FanDuel, you got to invest in them. Is and Flutter FanDuel, in uh, England? 
And yeah, then it's in England. Also, yeah. Okay. And, and FanDuel owns, I think, like 31% of the market. And so it's kind of weird because you got to invest in Florida to invest in them. So it's an interesting place. Um, I still got my DraftKings. I'm invested, so we'll see. What's, we'll that, see what stock, what's that stock? I don't even follow. What's oh, that it, stock it, doing it, right it now? Got beat down. It got beat down. It's it's a, it hit a 52-week low on Friday. I think it got down to 25 dollars on Friday. Yeah. What's yeah. the valuation like? Is it cheap yet? It was not cheap the last time I looked. Twenty billion dollar market cap. All right. I'll start following this thing. Yeah, I'm definitely not an expert in the, in this in the space by by any means. Um, at a conference recently, you had a chance to sit down with uh, Kathy as a wealth manager. What are like some of the biggest lessons that you've taken away from her um, fall from grace? For, so I think she's an extraordinary person, and I'm a huge Absolutely. fan of hers. And I know we talked about that last year, but I, I was never an investor in her funds, not because I didn't think that they could work, because obviously they've had an amazing run prior to the last, let's call it six months or whatever. Um, I just don't believe in um, buying the most popular stocks as like an investment strategy. And I know like she's focused on innovation and it just so happens that those stocks have become popular. But every time a stock is in the news, like a big well-known brand name stock because they miss earnings or it's like getting killed later that day, it's like, Oh, Ark just bought it. It's like, a, it's become like a portfolio of very controversial for, you know, stocks that are falling off their highs and DraftKings is one of them and Robin hood and, uh, like she like she like uh jumps in not like she's gonna rescue the stock but she's like I feel like it's very headline driven so uh -huh. uh, I don't invest that way with my own money I'm not gonna pay somebody to invest that way for me so you know from that standpoint we've not allocated to, to her strategy but I do think that she's somebody that everybody should listen to I know everyone is listening to her already she's uh she's she's become somewhat iconic she's become like emblematic of what the market was like in 2020 and 2021 and even if that era has come to an end um you can't take that away from her she had six etfs that more than doubled in uh from the from from i think the from the spring of 2020 to the spring of 2021 like nobody in history has ever yeah, really had a that. run like that in one year with so many different funds. So you, you think she would have been better off by concentrating and doing two? Uh, focusing a little bit more. You know what? Her, I think the issue now is uh, the press loves to build you up so they could then tear you down. down. Absolutely. So the press created her. Yeah. Like she's a product of Yahoo yeah. Finance needing to write an article every 15 minutes. Uh -huh. And everybody, Bloomberg, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Forbes, everybody loves her story. She's, she's uh, first of all, she's female in a game that historically, stock picking has historically been dominated by famous men. Um, she's fearless. She's on Twitter. She does social media. Like there's a lot about her that made the financial media fall in love with her. And I, you know, I talked to the editors at like big publications and they're like, dude, if we just put Elon or Kathy, Kathy in, the in the headline, it's, it's like 10 X yeah. what any other headline we wrote that day will do. So yeah. they created her and they feasted off of her. And now that her strategy is out of favor, like high growth, um, innovative companies are just not in favor. 
Mm. Now they're going to rip her apart for even more clicks. So every day, the, all the publications, like there'll be at least one article from every newspaper about how fucked up Kathy's fund is, or, you know, she's down more than the NASDAQ, you know, over the last 18 minutes or whatever headline. It sucks watching that because I got to know her as a person and I can only imagine sitting in her seat. Um, it's not that she's changed her strategy. It's that no strategy is always in favor. Mm -hmm. It just, how could it be that easy? How could yeah, there be one thing that always works? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they've done this with Buffett. They've done this with Bill Ackman. They did yeah. it with Chamath. They're doing it now with Chamath. Yeah. Like, so every great, and so the, here's the, here, so as a wealth manager, I don't know, but as a financial personality, I guess, like my takeaway is you don't ever want to get that hot, like yeah. white hot. You don't want to, there's a lot of parallels to like pop stars, rappers, movie stars. Like I listen to Ben Affleck pour his guts out on all the, all the podcasts and talk shows two weeks ago when he was making the rounds. And he was talking about that period when it was like him and J-Lo and there was an, an article about them every second and yeah. cameras following them everywhere. And it turned everybody against like people start rooting for you to fail when they see your face every fucking second. You got to know when to go away and stop mm. doing press and stop giving people more of yourself. And I, I think Kathy's situation now uh, is a little bit of a cautionary tale. And by the way, I can't wait till she has her comeback and yeah. she'll learn. She'll learn from whatever mistakes she may have made and she'll have her comeback. And then all these people that are getting clicks by trashing her are going to try to get interviews. And I hope she tells them to kiss her ass. Yeah. Sure, can I do a follow up real quick? Yeah. 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 Cause I'm, is, I'm just, is that the reason you think Jim stayed at Renaissance stay hidden? for so long and is she a classic case of like you can't be a media darling and be great at the investing at the same time that's a you know what that's a really great example of somebody like jim, so jim simons lives in the forest he's like he's like robin hood he uh he's out east on long island and not only does he not do interviews or talk to the press none of the people who work for him are allowed to either and just complete confidentiality he's yeah. not trying to influence the conversation He's not on LinkedIn. And this guy, the greatest returns in the history of all of, time. Yeah. Like nobody's, it's not, no it's not even a, we're close. No competition. It's not even a competition. It's yeah. not even a biggie Tupac. It's like, yeah. and he doesn't want any of the, um, the fame that comes along with it. He just wants the, the intellectual satisfaction of his strategies working and the money. Um, but it's a double-edged sword because listen, uh, Kathy started ARC. Similar to I started my business. You need publicity when you start yeah. something. Like you can't start off in hiding. <laughs> so you won't grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you have to find a balance. And by the way, I'm a bad example of this. I never shut up. And I gotta find that balance. I gotta find that balance too for myself. Uh, I've been trying the last two years. I've been off social media other than Instagram. I really don't talk on Twitter. Um, you got to Twitter. But I'm on TV. But I'm on TV every week. So it's like, yeah. at a certain point, he, all right. Here's when you know somebody's really killing it. Here's when you know, when they just like disappear. No announcement. None of this. Just like, oh, I'm black. Yeah, I'm the fake leaving press release Facebook. That they went broke. Yep. yep. Yeah. When you yep. know somebody's really killing it, when it's like, man, I haven't heard that person say anything in like six months. Where are they? That's when you know, no. Yeah. That 
you know, somebody. So anyway, anyway, that I, I, there's so many lessons for entrepreneurs, uh, business Absolutely. people to take from that. Josh, I, I was just wondering as a, as a fund manager, is there a point when you see that an investment is not working and you say, you know what, I got this wrong. Like I'm admitting that I got this wrong. Or do you take the approach? Cause I feel like some of the, the criticism is coming from the, I'm doubling down that this is going to work. I'm tripling down. I'm quadrupling down that this is going to work. And in fact, the market is irrational. So do you just stay the course or you say, you know what, we got this wrong and here's what we're going to do about it going forward. Yeah. There was this, there was this guy, um, there was this guy, Bruce Berkowitz, who Morningstar named him the fund manager of the decade uh, for the decade 2000 to 2009. He was a value investor. And in, in that decade, stocks were flat. It was the lost decade for the S&P 500. So from 2000 to 2009, there were two 50% crashes. And all you got for that roller coaster ride was 0% returns. Um, but he had smoked it because he was running a concentrated portfolio. He was willing to take really big, scary bets that other people weren't. And so like when the banks were crashing, he would rush in and like make Bank of America 10% of his portfolio. And when it recovered, he would, right? So once Morningstar says you're the manager of the decade, you know what happens next, right? Every financial advisor throws billions and billions of dollars at you like because the the presumption is like this guy has the key to the market he figured it out Mm -hmm. and my favorite uh, expression about that is just when you think you have the key to the market they change the locks because nobody has that stranglehold on what's going to work forever anyway he ends up just absolutely (laughs) crashing and crashing and burning uh in the subsequent years like AUM out the door, everything he buys gets killed. Um, but doubling down to your point, like just, nope, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. He's never recovered. His fund has never, fair, uh, fair home funds. And it's not because he's not a good investor. He's amazing. Yeah. It's just that mentality of the markets have changed, but I refuse to change my discipline. That There's a graveyard filled Full with, of people. quote, unquote, legendary investors who just ran into a market that permanently altered how to invest and were unwilling to accept that. So I think that's a really great question. And I agree. There's some element of that there. Josh, let me ask you, um, you talked about the AOS. Um, You said, but when I asked you about AOS, you said you already spoke about that. You alluded that there was some other stocks that you haven't spoken about. Yeah, I got got smart. I got new (laughs) tickers. I got new tickers. All right. I'm not an expert in these stocks like that. I could talk about them (coughs) crazy in depth because the way I invest in, in most of my stuff is in the same strategies my clients are in. So we're doing direct indexing. We're doing tactical. We're doing asset allocation, but then I buy some stocks for myself because I, this is my favorite game in the world. I've been doing this 25 years now. So that's what I'm talking about when I say my stocks. So I just bought, uh, you guys know you guys know the footwear company on on holdings. You seen this thing yet? Yeah. What's no. the ticker? I bet you know the shoes though. If I show you a picture of the shoes, do we have somebody that could put the shoes up? Uh, the cloud sneakers. You ever seen these? Cloud sneakers? Yeah, cloud like on cloud. You see athletes. Uh, you see athletes wearing these and rich girls. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. No, listen, true story. Uh, Roger Federer is involved in the company. Um, and 
in 2016 was like their coming out party. This woman won the, the like the global triathlon wearing these shoes. So it's a Swiss company. The ticker is O N O N. The sneakers are fi- the sneakers are fire. I think the market cap is eight or nine billion. Mm-hmm. This could be like another Lulu or got you know heaven forbid give it long enough like another another Nike. Um, so what's going on with the company is they can't make the sneakers fast enough. Like people are going crazy and they have 8,000 plus retailers selling them in Europe, North America, Japan. They're about to enter uh, the Chinese market as well. So they sell them in Nordstrom, et cetera, et cetera. But then like Lulu, they have this killer direct to consumer business. The website is, is flames. Like they have a really tight relationship with their, with their fan base, like in the way that Lulu always did. Mm, So so I just started buying it. I don't have a lot of it, and I don't know the story as well as maybe I should be talking about it publicly like this. But this is the type of stock that in a terrible market, like I'm going to be out there looking to add more of it lower, right? So I start, like I start my position. I just did this with Roblox. I took my initial position, and now I'm looking for sell-offs to, to add to that. Um, I think Roblox is the real metaverse. Like it, like it really exists. Yeah. It, it's not yeah. Facebook. No, yeah. it's not <laughs> Roblox is 47 million monthly average users. Nobody understands how big that is. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's so crazy that you say that, crazy. not to cut you off, but it was so crazy. Yeah. Like my son, he asked me for $10 to, to buy some Robux um, yesterday. And he's on he always and that adds up $10 here, $20 here, $30. Here. Yeah. So everybody, everybody's complaining about the metaverse and how this is like the matrix and is, is ungodly and all of this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> If you have a kid, your kid is already in the metaverse, mm-hmm. and you're fin- you're financing it already. Yeah. We we went yeah. into, we went to a space the other night, and I'm like, I felt like it was me, it was Christian and Nasir on the phone with each other. We were just in the metaverse, like playing, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is Roblox. Our kids are doing this yeah. every single day, so they've been prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, there was a moment where the streets in my town were cleared. There were no kids in sight. Like like bikes, like just the tire spinning on the front lawn. It was eerie. And I said to my daughter, where's all the kids? Because during the pandemic, it was just kids outside all day that summer. Like basketball all day long, bikes, rollerblading, whatever. So I said, where's all the kids? She goes, oh, Travis Scott is doing a show. I'm like, all right, so they where? Like, you can't do concerts. What are you talking about? She goes, no, he's in fucking Fortnite. He's doing a show in Fortnite. Yeah. You have to get inside your avatar, unlock this thing, and go to where he's doing the show, and everybody's there. And, yep. like, millions of kids were there. That's the fucking metaverse. It's not that yeah. complicated. Roblox says they told – I think they told a tech reporter that they have one out of every two American children under 16 is a user. Yo, any company that has half the children doing anything. The dynasty, yes. Forget it. Forget it. So, look, it's an expensive stock. It's a 50 billion market cap yeah. on just a couple of billion in revenue. But this is important 40, 40 to 50% gross margins on that Robux. Every time somebody converts dollars into Robux, they make like 40 cents on that dollar. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. And they'd be even more profitable. 
if they weren't reinvesting in their creator ecosystem. Yeah, They're trying true. to incentivize game makers yep. to yep. come over to the platform. Yeah. Like it's not about today's profitability. It's about can we keep kids on here and develop this? So I'm I'm really excited about that. The other one I'll I'll do, I'll do this one fast. Uh you you guys know about uh Dutch brothers? Mm-hmm. Not Dust Brothers. Dutch Brothers. You know this, Ian, you know this name? Yeah. Yeah. Dutch Bros. Ticker is bros. One of the all-time great tickers. <laughs> this funny. is important. This is important to me. Um, <laughs> check this out. This is a business that started in the, in the 90s by two brothers, you guessed it, of Dutch heritage. I think it started in Arizona. I'm not 100% sure. Um, so this is an overnight success that took like uh, 25 years or something. Anyway, uh, this company came public. Nobody's talking about it. They anywhere there's a Dutch Bros location, there is a line down the street, wrapped back around the corner and down the street again, almost all day long. I don't care if it's Texas, Arizona, California, they're in Oklahoma. There's just lines as far as the eye could see what's going on. It's not just a coffee place. They're selling this energy drink called Blue Rebel. It reminds me of Nikki Barnes selling blue magic in Harlem. I swear to Google this shit. It's called blue rebel. And there's all these variations. There's like OG iced gummy bear, whatever There's different. The blue rebel, the blue rebel is like, it's like, um, how do I, it's like Hawaiian punch with caffeine and sign me up. Yo, people are lined up for this drink. So they think they're going to open. This is their projection, not mine. They're in their investor presentation. They're talking about 4,000 locations in the next few. Think about that in the next few years, 4,000 locations. So actually I took a profit in Starbucks and I bought Dutch brothers and Dutch bros. And uh, again, I'm not like an overnight expert. I got to follow the company. I got to do everything that you guys do. I got to listen to conference calls, uh, et cetera. But like I'm starting a position if it gets beat up more. Now here's, here's what I wanted to bring it up today. In the midst of the NASDAQ down 400 points and the Dow down five, 600 points and this like craziness, go, that stock was down 7% on the day today, mm. bros. Mm-hmm. Look at this intraday chart, bananas. What happened? Yeah, yeah. What happened in the middle of the day? It's a hell of a rebound. Yeah, 42, up to 47, yeah. Listen to what these badasses did. They put out, they put out Q1, uh, uh, Q4 guidance or Q1 guidance and they said, same store sales are supposed to be like plus 5%. They said more like 11 to 15. <laughs> and the stock, <laughs> middle of the day, this thing just launched. And I had been stalking it. I thought I was going to get it in like the low 30s. And then they were like, no, not only are you not getting the low 30s, not today. Um, this thing's going to have a massive intraday bounce. So I pulled the trigger. I have a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, it's like another really interesting name. Oh, on my bad. I think it started in Oregon or it's headquartered in Oregon. Um, but anyway, these are the types of stocks that I'm looking at in uh, 22. Interesting news stories that not a lot of people know about yet. Uh, a question I've been meaning to ask you for a long time. I should have texted you a month ago, but who do you enjoy at this point learning from? I know you get a chance to talk to Barry a lot, but who are you watching, reading, listening to their podcast that you really get some insightful shit from them uh, every time I'm listening, you tune in. I'm listening to the young guys because the old guys have no clue what's going on. Like when I was growing up, I would like growing up in the industry, like I, I would read Buffett, 
and Munger and Howard Marks, and they taught me like all the most important stuff I know. Yeah. They're my heroes. I don't really think that right now there's anything for them to teach me because I don't really think that they're plugged in with the mm-hmm. things that are changing the market and changing the economy. And they would say the same, like they're not trying to, but like people like asking Charlie Munger, what do you think about Bitcoin? He's 92 years yeah, old. Yeah, why the care. fuck? Why the fuck are you care. bothering this guy? You're asking him what's the future of money? He's not even buying green bananas anymore. What are you bothering this guy Shout for? Out Charlie. I love Charlie, though. Yeah, that's true. No, it's, it's stupid. And then he, like, gives them an answer. I don't even know why he bothers. Um, so, anyway, I'm reading the kids. I'm reading, I'm reading this kid, uh, Mario. He writes a Substack letter called The Generalist. Oh, and he's doing talking. these deep dives into like Decentraland and and Constitution Dow and all of these like next 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 things. And I might read like five of his things and get no useful in direct investment instructions from them, but they're opening my mind to like the things that people are working on. Yeah. 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 Mario's great. I recommend everybody subscribe to that. There's this kid in Texas, Bern Hobart. Uh, he was a How Wall Street analyst, H O B A A R T. His letter is called the diff. I'm reading the I diff. He's know. great. I'm okay. reading this guy, Mark Rubenstein. He writes a letter. He's a former bank analyst at a hedge fund. Now he's doing Substack. Mark Rubenstein knows more about FinTech than any than five anybody. people. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He, he's like, he's t- like every, t- like those buy now, pay later stocks that all blew up. He was talking yeah. about that shit a year ago. He, yeah. he like, he understands all the companies we talk about, Block, PayPal, uh, Stripe, blah, blah, blah. He's all over these names. Uh, one more, Packy McCormick, yeah, Pac, who, yeah, I'm, who I'm, I'm friends with. He's been on my podcast yeah. a bunch. You guys should have Packy on. Packy is Packy <coughs> is like, uh, what's that word? A savant. Yeah, uh, like a wonderkind. Like he's yeah. like, um, he's this kid that came out of nowhere and started the Substack. And just deep dives into the hottest startups. And he ended up having people just be like, what if I just gave you money and keep doing your Substack, but then also start investing in these companies you're writing about? Like, why just write about them? And so he did it. And now he's raising a second fund. And this guy parlayed. He's very similar to you guys. He came out of nowhere uh, last uh, 2020. Like, came out of nowhere and built a huge following. And now if he's in your startup as a, as an investor, like, I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to say it's, like a, it's not like a guarantee, but it's like a stamp that like, Oh, yeah. these guys are for real packing, yeah. put money in. Yeah. Right. So Josh, you, you, you brought up Stripe and you gave us some stocks to look at for 2022. Are there some IPOs that you got on your radar that, you know, you want to make us aware of? I don't, even, I don't even know what the big IPOs this year are going to be. I, I assume Stripe is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I own, I probably own shares in like 30 different vent, uh, venture-backed startups. Uh, we built a fund to do this for our clients, and I put my money in it too. So I have like Klarna is a buy now, pay later um, from Europe. You want to text me? I, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's clients only. But uh <laughs> Klarna is, uh, is, I think, going to be a hot deal. It's in the same space as a firm. And, um, and, and that just seems to be like we're going to be a buy now, pay later first society yeah. the way they are in Brazil and a lot of Europe. Like these credit card companies are in big trouble. 
I think. Um, so I own a whole bunch of those Flipkart. I, I don't know at what point those things will go public, but I'll be in a bunch of the hot names, I hope. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the deals right now are kind of boring. They're the deals that didn't have time to go through. Like Last this year, week. Yeah. Yeah, this week yeah. is TPG, which is a private equity company. Uh, nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's an interesting one when is going public this week. Just Works. You heard about that? Yeah. Just Works. So imagine you guys, your business is booming. Do you have your own head of HR? Do you have a director of human resources? Yeah, so yeah. Well. yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. What if you were like, all right, we're a small business. We're a mid-sized business. We definitely need real deal human resources, but we don't want a $200,000 salary on the payroll to do that shit. And we don't want to pay for all the software and all the legal stuff. Just Works lets a small business outsource the human resource function to them. Sign and you can imagine with all of the entrepreneurship in the economy lately, wow. how many, like think about all the entrepreneurs you guys uh, talk to. They're, if they keep hiring people and getting bigger, they're going to need HR. But that's a big commitment as a small mm. business owner. So Just Works might be an interesting IPO. I think they're going to uh, go public tomorrow or the next day. What's the revenue? I, I, I haven't done any work on it. I'm probably going to wait. Well, I'm going to wait and see a trade. Uh, I'm, I'm not in it uh, pre-market. 8,800 people on YouTube. I need everybody to We got to get to 10. Yeah, a quick favor. Please hit the like button. Hit the like button. It's 100% free, I promise you. Um, hit the like button and share. We definitely got to get out. We get to, to get to 10 grand. I'll do cash up tonight. Uh-oh. So, oh. so, so call your aunties and your friends. Oh, you, you know, Josh, my guy. Listen, well, we got to show out for him. We at least got to get 10,000 on the board. Fins, Finfluencer. Yeah. Finfluencer, Josh. That's what they're calling it. That's what they're calling it now. Okay. okay. Josh, you you, you it. said, like, if it IPOs tomorrow, you said you're going to wait. Is there a time period after something IPOs that you usually wait? Is it like a quarter or two quarters? How long do you wait before you, you say, all right, this, I've, I've seen I, it Yeah, I, I, I wish I had a smart answer to this. I really just, like, I really, it's, it's all gut. Like, I bought Coinbase. <laughs> I bought Coinbase soon after it IPO'd. I just got stopped out of that, uh, by the way. So that, that Coin, one didn't Coin, work out. Coinbase <laughs> is crashing. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I have a ton of crypto exposure elsewhere. Um, I, I rode that thing all the way up to like 300 something and then right back down. Very, <laughs> very undisciplined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because normally you don't like to invest in brokerages, right? No, almost never. I, I bought Robinhood for a trade uh, uh, last week. I closed it out on Friday. It didn't really work. Um, gotcha. I, I should I should stick to my knitting. Let me ask. I want to get to questions, but let me ask you one question. I, I, I at least have one last question. Um, we haven't had a bear market. Well, we had one the shortest bear market in American history um, at the start of Corona. But previous to that, we really haven't had a bear market in, I believe, 12 years since like 2008. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. So at some point, a bear market of substance for a longer period of time will hit and nobody wants it to hit. It's like, what, Hey, what is, what is the prospects? What's the odds of a bear market hitting like this year? And when, when do you think potentially in the near future, a bear market could actually hit? Uh, I think, I think we're going to have a correction. Uh, I think we're going to have a correction like in the first half of this year. I don't think, I think it's unavoidable. We, we, uh, 
And I, I hate like people are like, oh, we're overdue. We could be overdue for a long time. There's no bus yeah. schedule, right? <laughs> um, but I feel like we're at the. I feel like we're like in the midst of what's going to be a substantive correction. But if you're under seventy, and you're allocating, and you're a buyer, like that's not a bad thing, right? Like you want. I think you. What like why do we want to root for all time highs if we have four hundred one ks and we're forced to buy stock every two weeks for the next. 30 years in my case. Why, why do I want all-time highs? Why do I want to buy the boomer's stocks at record prices? It makes no sense. I have no choice but to buy, right? I have to outpace inflation. So I want there to be a correction. I want there to be a correction every six months. First of all, first of all, uh, then I'm lowering my average cost with every contribution I make to my retirement accounts. Um, you guys know I have a platform called Liftoff, which is for uh -huh. every liftoffinvest.com. This is for regular investors. And when we go through a correction, like I want to message all of these investors, dude, this is when you double the amount you're putting in each, each uh, month. This is when you double. This is not yeah. when you pull back. This yeah. is when you double. You have no choice anyway. You have to invest. So I think a correction is very likely. My colleague Ben Carlson did something that I thought was really uh important and ian i gave you this chart are we able to share a chart on here yeah i gave you co-host but if you want me to share it i can well a correction a correction is different than a bear market though well every bear market starts off as a correction uh, right but a prolonged correction is correction is 10 to 20 percent so we had two of them in 2018 the last time the fed was hiking rates and trying to shrink its balance sheet at the same time Mm -hmm. If that's what they are telling Wall Street that they will, may do <laughs> this year, um, it basically has the effect of depressing multiples on, on big stocks uh, because if there's a higher interest rate on fixed income, on risk-free fixed income in a treasury, if there's a higher interest rate, that becomes competition for stock money. Right. So if you think about if, if the 10 year is yielding two and a half percent at some point this year, which is conceivable, could be three percent. Right. Then you say to yourself, well, why am I taking the risk in this stock that I could lose 30 percent of my money if all I need is three percent to be happy? So if the, the, the competition from treasuries becomes real at, at higher interest rates. And then the second part of that is the uncertainty part. Like people don't like it when they don't know what the next thing is that's going to happen. So, that's true. so let me just give you give you guys this example. I think it's I think it's instructive. Um, stocks went up way too much in too short a period of time. We had the fastest double in history for the S and P five hundred from April twenty twenty to the end of August twenty twenty one. Never ever never has the market doubled that fast, mm -hmm. and we've basically held on to most of those gains. We've been consolidating those gains. From April 2020 through the end of 21, the S&P was still up 90%. So that's a huge return in 21 months. And if you look at the history of, uh, of market returns, rolling 21-month periods, it's unparalleled. There's really only been one other example of that, which was the 1950s. Mm. Um, there was a two-year boom where you had a 90% return in the S&P. Here's what happened after. Yeah, an eleven percent. Do you John, want me to put it, the the chart, the reasons? To yeah, 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 yeah. Chart, put it. Throw up. that up. Throw it up. Yeah, Throw it up. Right now. Yeah, put the chart up, please. 
8,900 people. We need 100 more to get to 9,000. Hit the like button, please. So the re- so I'm giving you inflation and Fed activity and all these things as reasons to sell, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fair. So that's the last data point that you see here at the end of this chart. But go back. This is from March of 2009. The Dow Jones was 7,000. The S and P five hundred bottomed at six six six, believe it or not. Uh, but that right. So think about everything that's happened in the twelve years since then. Or and we could have added more. Michael Batnick does this chart, by the way. He keeps it updated. There's a lot of other shit we could have added here. This yeah. is just like the big big thing. Every single one of these on its own would have been reason enough to say, "I, I want to take some money off the table," or "I'm I'm going to go to cash." I want to, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see what happens. Here, just look at this last six months. Stanley Drucken Miller, one of the greatest hedge fund managers of all time, all says time, yep. the risk reward in stocks is the worst he's ever seen. S and P is up 50, 50 something percent since then. Since then, yep. A year ago this week, uh, fucking capital was stormed by domestic terrorists. Lest lest we forget a a, a terrorist attack on the capital of the United States. Um, Delta variant last summer. Recently, this Evergrande stuff, you guys probably covered it, a big yeah. Chinese property company. It's just, is, and we could keep making this chart. There will be ups and downs for stocks. They don't always go up, but there's always a valid reason why you would want to take risk off. But if you just bought every one of these nasty Ebola virus, if you were a buyer, right? Uh, crude oil bottoms after falling 77%. If you were a buyer there, uh, what else? U.S. election, twenty summer, twenty sixteen, Brexit, uh, the yield curve inverted, yeah. government shot like one after another. If you just said instead of my very Panicking. human reaction of wanting yeah. to panic, what if I went the other way while everyone else panicked and I doubled my allocation into Wealthfront, Betterment, Schwab, however you Robinhood, however you're investing, your returns would be substantially better than most of the people you know. And we show this chart not to sixth graders. We show this chart to people in their 50s, 60s. They should know this, but they're amazed. They don't. They forget. They forget. So I don't know what scary shit's about to happen this year. I guarantee it'll be something, right? What's your reaction going to be? That's the only thing you have control over. You don't have control over what the market does. The only thing you can control is how you deal with it, how you choose to react. If we were just talking to friends and I say, hey, how long should I stay in the market? What would the answer be? It's just me and you. Stay, stay in? Yep. Why leave? Like, why leave? What, are you, what else are you doing? I'm, oh, I mean, I have, I have clients in their 70s and 80s. They're going to they're gonna, they're die with portfolios. Yep. Like... Like it's not a, it's not there's no there's nothing else. There's to do. no reason to get out when you have money. No when you have money that's multi generational money, then real estate and stocks are a necessity. You will Say die that with again. Bo- you will Say you will die again. with both. Mo- yes. Listen, multi generational money. You will die with your real estate. You will die with your stocks. You could sell them and give. I suppose give the money to charity, right? But like, other than that, what is the point of dying with a balance in the bank? What are we doing? What are we trying to do? Everybody, so so the, the name of the game is not how do I dodge volatility? 
Like, like how do I avoid the next correction? Nobody wins doing that. You might win once. You can't do that every year. There's yep. nobody that's that good. And everybody so you, who causes market crash not to cut you off, Robert Kiyosaki, every fucking three months is calling for a top. You guys miss out on some of the biggest gains. And shout out to Josh for cursing so y'all can quit telling me that cursing is not professional. <laughs> oh, Let, it appreciate you. Let, no, it no, no. Let it fly. <laughs> yeah. But hold well, forever. Thank you. You got to keep in mind that there's a lot of people that are making market commentary to sell books, uh, sell newsletters. Newsletters, it, yeah. Like, I don't argue with these people because I'm, I'm registered. I'm in the business. I'm governed. Like, I can't just say whatever I want yeah. because I have regulators who can, who will use what I say against me if I'm making things up. Like, if I'm, if I'm literally, like, making up returns, like, oh, I'm up 890% over the last 10 years. <laughs> oh, are you? You better hope you are because yeah. we're coming to exam. Okay. So I don't compete in the, in the, um, I don't compete in the realm of commentary with people who aren't not because there's anything wrong with not being in the business, but I have one hand tied behind my back that yeah. these other people, Kiyosaki could say whatever he wants. He doesn't manage money for anybody. He's playing yeah. laser tag. I'm yeah. playing with ammunition, but there's, yeah. there's bullets. The shit that I say, I have clients who will be like, yo, I heard you say that. Did you mean it? Uh-huh. No, I did that for the tweets. <laughs> I, did, I did that for the You're likes. You're doing it for the gram? You can't do that. Yeah, I come right to so, the office. So recognize, like, I'm playing with live ammunition. I have people's entire lives uh, uh, online with financial decisions we're making for them. So I'm not going to play laser tag with, with somebody that has nothing at stake and just has a Twitter account. Like, like wake, wake up in the morning. The market's going to crash by 40% over the next 12 months. Well, you know that guy has no clients. Yep. You know that guy's not answering to any and real no investors. Money. And no, no money. No money. No money. So I don't, I don't get, like, I don't, I, I have no beefs. I had no ops. I'm not doing any of that. Like, <laughs> you will never see me. You, you will never see me in somebody's co- mentions, like, <laughs> critiquing their market commentary. Because I yeah. don't give a shit. Yeah, because the ones me. that are good, you know, ops, me. man. Yeah. I, I also don't get offended by like, I don't. All right. So and so said this screamed fire in a crowded theater, whatever you. So you got to live with that. I don't have to listen. I'm not going to react mm. to you. Is that why you so got on Twitter? Yeah, because what, what, yeah. what? Let, let me let me let yeah. me let me put it to you this way. I'm doing the same with IG. Yo, I have 24 months in 20 the, by my calculation, assuming no stock market bonanza, no lot, no winning lottery ticket, nothing in my life. Me, me personally, I think in 24 months, I will have arrived at a place where I never have to do something I don't want to do again. Straight up, straight up. And I paid my and I paid my dues. I'm I'm 40. I'm 44. I'm in the game uh, decades. But I'm saying all I have to do, Ian, no hookers, no DUI. Mm-hmm. No Stay Vegas. Clean, play the game. This is real no life stuff. Clubs. Yeah. I'm like being honest. If I just don't screw up, we have an awesome business. We have clients who love us. I love my coworkers. They're like family. If I just not get into fights with with people, not like not you know what I'm saying. So I'm like yeah. when you see me, when you see how I move, and you see me not be in fights with people and not starting drama, whatever. 
because I'm like 24 months away, I think, from, from never having to do a single thing I don't want to do. In five years, forget it. In five years, I'm going to be a problem. But yeah. like, I'm just saying like two years, just relax for two years. Just keep running your business and, and, and stay out of other people's business. Stay out of other people. So you're going to hear a lot of crash calls this year as the mm-hmm. volatility ramps up. The higher the VIX, the higher the clicks. Everybody's yep. going to be looking for attention. Yep. Uh, victory laps on correct. You're going to see it. You've got to recognize where that's coming from and pay attention to the people who are not engaging in that because that's those are the real people. No, you talking that talk. Yeah. Josh talking that yeah. talk. Not yeah. that's, that's a bar. That's, that's a, a lot bar. of bars. Bar. Like, <laughs> not thousand people. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No hookers, no not, hoes. Not thousand people on that on a check in. Saying night. just like behave, just like what what listen, all of us, like real talk, all of us, we won the we won the lottery in life. You think yep. about the last hundred thousand years of recorded history for humanity, never before have people had it as good as we have it right now. We complain, That's I gotta true. wear a mask. Uh, my kid's little league game is canceled, blah, blah, blah. We have running water, medicine, hospitals. We have money in the bank. We own property. Like you guys, my friends, everybody yeah. we, we know is coming up. Things are good. We have nothing yeah, to complain great. about. Right, that perspective, I lose that perspective all the time and I have to like force myself to, to remember. Like, who sent you, you when do? you get off track? My my uh my wife's father is uh, my father in law is like the most influential person in my life in terms of like not financial Wall Street shit, just but just like yeah, like this like this guy basically this guy basically believed in me in moments in my career where I was making no money working at like shitty brokerage firms, and he just like he never gave up on me. He always reminded me, he's like, yo, you're smart. You work hard. It's mm-hmm. going to happen for you. Like he was really, really important to me. And he still is uh, to this day. And, and as everybody's got to have that. Being... Everybody's got to have that person. And by the way, I, I'm hoping that I could be that person um, for, for pe- other people in my life. As I, as I get older and see, you, you know, young guys come along, yeah. young, young ladies come along. Like I'm hoping that I could play that role because of how meaningful it was. Rashad, can I squeeze one in and do my Oprah thing real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, As a result of you being, let's say, laser focused off the grid, not getting into Twitter beefs, um, how much did the business grow or assets under management, and how did it have a direct impact, like on top line and bottom line revenue? Uh, so we're we're gonna file our new form ADV at the end of March. So I can't I can't, can't say, say what it. what the number will be until we file it by law. But yeah. um, the last ADV we filed was 1.8 billion. We're about 1,500 client households, and uh, we started eight years ago. So it, it's it's almost 50 employees. Uh, speaking of HR, we Got just hired our first human resources director because it's a lot of people. And uh, listen, it's a lot of work and we definitely uh, we definitely put in the work, uh, my coworkers and I. But I really love the way that we get our clients. They come to us. We don't cold call. Mm -hmm. I don't pretend to be involved in charities. I'm not hobnobbing. I don't you know, I don't golf. I jet ski like I don't do anything other than content like you guys do Mm -hmm. and say what I and say what I think and try to do good writing try to make good podcasts, uh, great returns too. Right. But like everybody who's a client, 
comes in because they believe in in what we're doing and they see how much we're how much we care about this stuff and that's an amazing way to build a business as you guys know firsthand Mm -hmm. and then all of the employees who have come all the financial advisors taking care of our client households they're fans they start as fans so not everybody has not everybody has the ability to build a business on that basis and i'm just i feel very fortunate uh, that that we've been able to do it, and I never want to, I never want to lose it. So um, I get more risk averse. The bigger mm-hmm. we get, the more scared I get that I'm going to do something stupid. So hold me back, hold hold me down, hold we, me we down. Got <laughs> we got you, we got you, Josh. Josh, can we get a couple questions before you leave? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's. Jen's got a plan. What's going on? Hey guys. Hey Jenna, how are you? What's going on? How are you guys? Hi Josh. What's up? Right. Good. Episode tonight. Let's get to these questions. Yes, let's get to it. All right, C.T. Anderson, unmute yourself, please. We are coming to you. Can y'all hear me? Yes, Yes, how are you? What's going on? Oh, my goodness. This is too freaking exciting. Um, I've been following (laughs) the podcast since July of 2019. I found out about it, and I was like, what the hell? I hadn't heard about this. (laughs) I listened to all 30 episodes in like a month. And then I went to the in-person event in January 2020 at David Sham's spot in Atlanta. Okay. okay. Forget that day. That's the day we found out we lost Kobe Bryant. It yes, was. It, it was. was. January 26, rest, 2000. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to the great Kobe Bryant. I had to break that news before Max Maxwell went on. I showed it to you. You said, you sure? I'm like, no, before oh, really? Alex Good Energy. Energy. I'm like, you, he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm nah, sure. It's one of these things I had to let the people know. I had to let 400 people know that Kobe Bryant passed away. That was a moment in history. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was there with y'all. It was crazy. Anyway, and then my brother who lives in Atlanta, I stayed with him and he's like, why are you paying whatever small amount y'all is charging? So go listen to some guys you heard on a podcast. Fast forward to today. He's, <laughs> he's a member of Red Panda. But we Anyway, here's it. my question. How do y'all consider, and this is for everybody, including Josh, shout out to Josh. How do y'all consider the impacts of climate change when analyzing a company? I mean, it's happening left and right. The OCC just said that they're going to um, regulate banks on climate risk management. The SEC is coming out later this year with their own, you know, kind of uh, climate risk management guidelines. How are y'all putting that in y'all um, analysis? Josh. That's a, that's a great question. We for, for clients, we build what are called direct indexes, meaning rather than just give people the SPY to represent the market, we will buy them all of those stocks individually. And then for clients who are concerned with things like ESG, um, environmental, social governance, uh, meaning they really care about the businesses that are polluting the the uh the environment they don't want to put their dollars into it or the businesses who aren't doing a good job with governance uh meaning it's a board of directors that doesn't really represent the shareholder base or or the social aspect meaning they're not promoting women um and they're not upholding their corporate responsibility to make society better right so there are people that don't want those types of stocks in their portfolio and we algorithmically can screen those stocks out so that when we do a buy of a market, you know, a U.S. market portfolio, rather than buying an ETF that owns all 500 S&P stocks, maybe we end up owning 430 stocks. And the 70 that we choose not to own, they scored low uh, quantitatively on those measures. Not everybody, not every client cares about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So because we're doing this 
as a direct index, we can custom tailor that stock portfolio for each household. And we've got clients who have religious objections to certain sectors of the market. They don't want to own alcohol. They don't want to own casinos. We've got clients who don't want to own uh, uh, publicly traded prison uh, companies or gun manufacturers yeah. like this. They, look, people work their asses off for their money. They have the right mm -hmm. to tell us what, what they don't want to invest in. And it's, I think that's part of our fiduciary responsibility. So that's one way in which we will build portfolios that screen that stuff out. Um, and then the next level of that, which I have to confess, we're not, we're not at the forefront of this, but I have good friends who are, is impact investing. So then exactly. it's like, yo, don't just tell me what you're excluding. Tell me what you're actually doing with your dollars, like to, to, to bring about the kind of society that you want to have. So I'm not the right person for that. We really haven't done much there. If you're interested in learning more about a real firm like mine that's doing that, my friend Rachel Robichaudi in San Francisco, she's got a firm with, I think, 20 employees. Every employee is LGBTQ, and they are not just screening out gun manufacturers. They are putting dollars into projects that are not only profitable and good equity investments, but um, really have the ability to bring about the type of change that she's very interested in, in pursuing. So there's a whole spectrum of ways to take your beliefs and incorporate them into your allocation. And everybody's got to decide how far along that spectrum they want to go. But uh -huh. there are a lot of people doing a lot of interesting things on that front. And I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of them. Uh, and and we're, we're, getting them, we're getting them all together uh, this coming September. I'm throwing a festival in Huntington Beach, California called Future Proof. Uh -huh. And a lot of the content is going to be about impact investing. Um, so, so stay tuned for more on that. Josh, how do, how do we spell Rachel's last name? Good question. Roba Shodi, R O B A S C I O T T I. Yeah. She's, She's a, she correct. <laughs> is, uh, she is an absolute killer, like dedicated, um, on message and not just talking about ESG. Like everybody talk, you know, everybody talks about it. She's living it, and her firm is is about it. So uh, she'd be a great guest on your show, by the way. I think you guys would, would love talking to her. Yeah, dope. You could connect the dots. That, 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 that'll be still, we'll do that. I will do that. Um, all right, Janet, another question? All right, Vincent, we are coming to you. Unmute yourself. All right. Thank you, Janet. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Ian. How are you? Uh have a question for you, Rashad and Troy, as well as Josh. Uh, I initially started listening to you guys a couple of years back, and then I spoke to uh, Rashad last month in his last fin financial planning, and he spoke to my 16-year-old who was starting some investing. Uh, my 16-year-old had a question. Uh, is it okay if I have him there? Yeah, absolutely. This is amazing. All right. Thank you. Uh, so my dad opened me up on a custodial account uh, with Charles uh, Schwab, and I've been buying fractions of stocks you guys recommended me to buy. So I continue buying those stocks uh, on their average high if the prices haven't dropped to the entry point, even if I'm even if I'm executing. Um, I'll take it real quick, then I'll let Rashad and Josh chime in with you. If I can go back to being 16 years old when I was listening to Nas and Jay-Z and Buster Rhymes, right? I wish someone would have told me 
with quality top 10% stocks, and Josh, you can chime in, any company or index at that time, if you would have held it for a 10-year period, man, I would have been up a lot of money. So I don't want you to buy at an all-time high or maybe even at the top 2% of the market. But with you being so young and being 16, if it's a quality company, it all, almost does not matter. So hold for the long term. I do have to ask you a question, though. Do you have cash app? Yes, I have cash app. Can you give it to me, please? Thank you for investing at such a young age. Everybody just clap it up for him. Good. Because I think it's amazing. It, that, and uh, we, 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 got, we got to give it up to his dad as well. I, I was there on that call while he was sitting with, um, uh, with Shadi on that call. And he spoke to his son. I'm like, this is impressive. At 16, I didn't at even 16? know. What, I didn't know what investing was. I didn't know what stocks were. I just knew I was buying companies and listening to rap music. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, we were listening to rap music and watching Video Music Box and Rap City, man. So, shout out to you for being here right now. You could have been doing a bunch of things right now. But the fact that your hair says a lot about you and your character and kudos yeah. to your dad as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Send me your cash up, King. And I agree. I mean, um, I think for dollar cost averaging, the safest bet is always probably ETFs or index funds. I mean, there's a couple of stocks like Apple, Microsoft, where, you know, probably can't go wrong with that. But if you dollar cost, a true dollar cost average, you, you got to put money in consistently. That's mm -hmm. like the 401k. Like every time you get paid, they take money out. You can't really say, okay, the market's too high, so I'm not going to put money in my 401k. Uh -huh. Nobody really ever does that. It's just, you know, the first of every month, I'm putting money in, it's going to the market, whatever. Not even thinking about it. It's a long-term play. Like I said, especially if you have ETFs or index fund, it's diversified over a wide variety of different stocks. So, you know, it's not the end of the world if there's fluctuations in it. Um, so... That yeah. would be my take on it. That's right. And in 10 years, you'll be 26. So imagine that. <laughs> hey, uh, on that gentleman, do I need to uh, give that information to Janet as far as his cash app? And my second one is also, uh, Rashad, I'm still dealing with Coinbase on that hack. So I'll keep you posted, man. They we all are. Email and said, uh, hey, please give us another 20 days. I don't know if that's fluff or not, but I'm praying and hoping that they. Hey, it'll be done at 40. If they told you 20, it'd be 40. Okay. <laughs> as long as it's not an influx in, in, in a crypto space. Oh, Coinbase, uh, Coinbase got that five-factor authentication at this point. They're like, yeah. we, need, we need to text you, and then we need to email you, and then we and need you to come blood. to our headquarters <laughs> and take a blood test. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, put your cash app. Put, put the cash app in chat. Yeah, okay. put in the chat so we can run up for your son. All right. Thank you. Um, Josh Blackberry recently died. How long do you think before Apple is dead? Let's do a hot take. <laughs> uh oh. Blackberry. Uh, well, that was Blackberry, my baby. I love Blackberry back in the day. Shout out to the yeah. trios of the world. It's fun. <laughs> it's funny. The iPhone came out in um, 07. 07. And yep. in that time, if you did anything in business, you had a Blackberry. And not only did you have a Blackberry, it never left your hand. Oh, my and, God. And if somebody would have said, if somebody would have said in 07, Listen, 15 years from now, they're going to close BlackBerry down, the, the software, the, the devices, everything, and Apple's going to be worth $3 trillion on that day that that news comes out. It would have been impossible to believe. Such a fucking idiot. I mean, how, who could possibly believe that? Yeah. And Apple was no big deal at that time. Steve Jobs had just come back. They were making those candy-colored... Uh, Can you tell uh, them that Apple was not the easy pick that it is now back in 07, 08, 09, 2010? The candy-colored well, iPods and iPod minis. 
the iPod minis. That's right. So uh, Apple became a layup, I think, in like 13, 14. Yeah. Until then, it was like, yo, this company's making consumer electronics. That's not historically companies that made like Nintendo Game Boy was not Mm -hmm. where it was at. Like Nokia, companies that made consumer electronics were never great investments. So Apple really broke the mold because they tied the services to the devices in a way that nobody else had ever been able to do. But it wasn't an obvious stock, I don't think, for most people until like 13, 14. Have to cook on it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's get like one more question if we can before we before we wrap. They said Josh put up a triple double. Josh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that is J.P. Morgan. That's J.P. Morgan, right? Ooh. That's Chris, uh, Christopher Wallace and J. Pierpont Morgan. Yeah, yeah J. P. In the background. J. P. Morgan. The financier. Biggie, Biggie Smalls. The only Christopher we acknowledge. Yo, yeah. like seriously, read about uh, read about J. Pierpont Morgan because he, he saved invented, America. He invented all of this shit. Like uh-huh. everything that's in the modern markets that we take it for granted, like it's like it's from nature, like it just happened. None of this happened. All of this came about in the early 1900s yeah and a lot of this was like jp morgan's will being imposed on other people with money like he like kind of invented modern capitalism uh i mean he's the hedge fund market maker fed essentially like yeah yeah he had he so this great story in 1907 there's a panic of 1907 real panic not like this bullshit like (laughs) people's whole life savings being wiped out before the market even opens they can't even sell if they wanted to right so he did this thing so there's a bank going out of business he like kicks the door down he basically says i'm in charge now and he tells the tellers the panic on wall street's gonna it's gonna run its course it's like a virus right like everyone's gonna freak out it's gonna run its course he said here's what i want you to do I want you to count what he's got line out the door of people trying to get their cash out. And he said, here's the strategy. I want you to count very slowly. <laughs> so people go to the window and they're like, give me back my $500. No problem. One, yeah, yeah. two. <laughs> and they did that until the market closed that day. And then overnight, he, he gets all the CEOs of every major bank at his library on 36th and uh, Madison or 37th Madison. He get, puts them all in the room. He locks the door. He says, nobody's leaving until we all decide on a rescue plan. And they did it. The next day, the market opens. Big announcements. All these banks are throwing cash at stocks. They save the day. So actually counting the money slowly to slow down the withdrawals. Uh, that's what we had to do and before there was safety. a Federal Reserve. Yeah. There was no Fed. He was the Fed. Yeah. He was the guy. Yeah. Like he was the fire, the firewall. So read it, read about that, dude. You'll learn amazing shit. Count slowly. Last question, Jen. Jen, what we got? All right, Ed Mills, we are coming to you. Unmute yourself. Hopefully, he's not on fridge break. Oh. Please don't be at the fridge. Don't be at the fridge. Well, what happened to the effects? We forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't give it away. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. They, the, I'm the, sorry. Let's go to Maria. I mean, yourself. Good evening, everybody. How you doing, Maria? Hi, how are you? Hello. I'm so excited to hear from you guys. Josh, thank you so much for all the information. Um, Thank you, EYL. I started listening to you guys in September, and I joined in October, and then I joined Red Panda in December. I appreciate you. Um, 
So here's my thing. Um, 40% of my paycheck goes into my 401k, my Roth IRA and my IRA and a few other investments I have. And I have two children that are in their first and second year of college. My goal is to get them out debt-free, which I've got one that has no debt whatsoever. The other one- That's has amazing. So that's one of my goals. My other goal is to have 15 million by the time I retire. So here's my question. I've got a bonus of 10K coming up at the end of January. I'm looking to hold, instead of putting that directly into my 401k, which is my normal practice, I'm looking to hold for the pullback that you guys are saying is going to be the quantitative easing in April. Do I put it all in? Because I, I hate when I get hit with the taxes because I'm not at the tax bracket where it's going to be helpful. Yeah. And they're going to take half my money, which, and, and I'm also in a year of no spending, which I've been in about 10 years of no spending unless absolutely necessary, which my children laugh at me for. I love it. So that is my question is, do I just take the bonus or do I invest it? And I'm also buying every single month um, using Ian's picks and listening to market monies and using every pick you guys give me. Josh, let's stroll up to that beautiful office and she sits down and tell you this. What do you tell her to do? And I have I ju- yeah, I would not be trying to time the market personally. I would say max out the 401k and especially if the empl- is an employee match, it's really important that you take advantage of free money. I've so, got 17% in and they only match at three. Okay, so you're doing great. Um, I Listen, I, I'm not going to tell you there won't be a correction. I actually think there will be. But what if I'm wrong? Like, what if the next 20% is higher? Last year, stocks went up 30%. 2017, stocks went up 30%. 2019, stocks went up 30%. Like, if I tell you, sit there and wait for, like, this correction, and then it happens, but you're not paying attention because you're on vacation, or it never happens, then what? Right? So, so <laughs> oh, I, listen, you I, I, I'm trying to make, I'm, I, I guess what I'm trying to do Josh is, is like, yeah. the, risk and telling you the not less, to stay out of the, the less decisions you force yourself to make, this is, this is like, this, Trust is, a big, this, this, please. this is a big one. Mm-hmm. The less you, you want to autopilot everything, the less manual mental decisions, like you have to force yourself to make throughout the course of the year with money, mm-hmm. the better. So you decide on your strategy in advance uh-huh. and then execute on that strategy. Like if you put yourself in a position where every day you have to decide, am I a bull or a bear? <clears throat> it's terrible. It's a terrible way to live your life. If you buy stocks where you're like, I don't really like this company. I'm in it for a trade. Well, then uh-huh. all day that thing is on your mind when you should uh-huh. be focusing on accumulating more wealth. You got money at risk and you're like forcing yourself to make another decision. So like, think about it. If you have to make a thousand decisions a year, how many of those could be good? Even if half are good, even if half are good, that's 500 poor decisions. Mm -hmm. What if you could make like five decisions the whole year? You could really focus on getting those right. So I, I, I'm a, I'm an automate guy. Like I'm a, I'm a life hack guy. So I don't make those decisions. I know what my plan is in advance and I just execute that plan. So that would be my advice. It may not be right for you. That's that's what works for me. 
That's the honest answer. And I told everyone that's in Red Panda, the number one reason why people end up losing their money after is not because of literacy, it's because it's not enough automation tools in place to keep that empire or ecosystem or estate plan running after the fact. I'm going to beg you guys, as you said, because you know, you know, I've been saying it. You should never have to think about your investing at all. It should be all automated, robotic, where you don't even think about it. Um, and then it's a great sign to know those who panic are usually manually executing all of their yeah, trades and big. or long-term investing. The panic is a way. So you can't tell me, oh, I love Elon's auto brake system, but I want to manually enter all of my trades. Mm-hmm. It, it makes no sense. But tell me which ones you're looking at, and I can give you um, a couple of prices and, and where to go. But yes, please keep keep your money in the market. But which, which ones are you looking at? Oh, I'm waiting for prices to come out tonight for Red Panda, but oh, you're good. I've got Apple. I mean, I've got everything you guys have been telling me to get. I've got a dump sum that I unfortunately was messing around looking at and doing exactly what you guys said not to do last week on Market Monday. Uh-huh. But that was months ago. And I'm waiting to dump them for them to come back close to the price so I don't lose. Which, which ones are you in that are not performing well? Uh, DNN. DMN? Daniel Michael? No, Nancy? DNN. Dog Nancy Nancy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, if JC was on Josh, he wouldn't be happy. He would be telling you what the Fibonacci spiral is going to do. What is that? Uh, I never heard of it. What's um, DNN? Um, hold on. Uh, Denson Mines Corporation? Yeah, it's not good. It's, okay. it's not good. Um, is it like metal? It's metals? Yes. Yeah, oh, Canadian wait, uranium exploration company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the high four was 214 instead of at 143 right now. You shouldn't be bleeding too bad, but I would say anything that's less than, well, Josh, what would you say? If, if a stock is less than $8, is it fair to say that we shouldn't invest in the long term unless you're getting like on a ground floor? Well, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough. Stocks under 10, institutions won't really buy them. Unless mm-hmm. it's like a very special situation, like when General Electric dipped under 10, but yeah, like, yeah, they, they IPO'd in 20, 2009. So they've been when you don't have institutional ownership in a stock, you immediately have more volatility and less liquidity. Yeah. You know, for a fact, like you, so if you know, so when you go on, like you look at 13 F's and you try to find a stock and you look at a stock and it's like 20% institutionally owned, that means 80% of the stock is in really poor hands. It's in the hands of individuals and individuals do things for irrational reasons. And so you already know, you already know that is going to be amped up volatility and lower liquidity. So stocks under 10 tend to have much less sponsorship by institutions. And you want, I think you want to make your life easier. It's not that they can't work. So you're just like adding an extra obstacle in your life that Mm -hmm. you don't really, you don't really Always need to do that. Like so, driving with three tires instead of four. You can you can get there, but that's going to be a hell of a lot tougher road. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good way to put it. So let's look at this. There are only two institutions that have this stock in their top ten holdings. There are 130 uh, funds that own this stock, and hang on, 25 percent of this company's shares are held by institutions. So that means. 75% of the shares outstanding in this float are being held by lunatics who are not governed by like reason and logic. And you know, they don't have like, diamond hands. 
They're going to hold for three days. Well, they're, like, they're not even trading on news. They're, like, trading on, like, emotion. So it, it's not that the stock can't work. It's just that it's going to be erratic, the, mm -hmm. the, like, the period of time that you're in it. So that's, for me, institutional ownership under 50% is, uh, right. is, a red, is a red flag. Yeah. There you have it. Real quick, yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. of... <laughs> Thank institutional investing. Thank you, Maria. But real quick, just our earnings report. Um, a couple of companies, obviously, that we talked about. One of my favorites will be reporting this week. So Thursday, we got TSM and we got Delta. And then the banks start reporting Friday. And I know a lot more will be reporting next week. So Friday, yeah. we got City, Wells Fargo, JP uh, Morgan, and we got BlackRock. BlackRock is one of those, like when you see them investing in a company, usually in tech, you got Market some maker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's our earnings report really quickly. Josh, great show, brother. Before we leave, I got to ask you a question related to NFTs and hip-hop. One of the greatest rappers of all time, my favorite rapper of all time, Nas. He actually has an NFT project that's dropping tomorrow. I don't know if you, if you heard about it, but he's allowing fans to buy um, ownership, royalty, royalty ownership in two of his songs um, through a website called Royal, right? Okay. And and it's through it's through NFTs. So, and then after that, Meek Mill said that you're only going to be able to hear his new mixtape if you have an Ether address, alluding to that his NFT is going to be his mixtape is going to be an NFT project as well. Smart. How you feel about these NFTs and music? Like I said, I know you're a big music fan. How do you feel about? Uh, yeah. So I think I think if you think about them like fan club membership, then they make sense. And. Like even if you you go back to the Beatles in the '60s, the original, the original uh, uh, musical act to come up with the idea of a fan club and have so, people pay dues to yep. get notifications on where they're touring, when the new record's coming out. <laughs> Here's a picture of uh, Ringo scuba diving, whatever. Like that is a very old concept, and then the fact that it's an NFT versus like something physical. I think that's just a nod to like the world we live in. Kids spend more time on the web than off. So I don't I don't have like a problem with it. I just wouldn't buy it because you think it's going to appreciate in value because it's not. Most of this stuff is going to go to zero. But if you're a fan, who cares? You want it because you want it because you're right. So I don't know what 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 Nas song you're getting royalties in. Don't tell me the, the song with Puff because I don't want that. Nah, hate me. Hate me now. Hate me now. Classic. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. Listen, I've been calm the entire show. We're not gonna do that. Ian has picked up his microphone. Josh, that is one of the songs you actually what what royalties in? It's actually um Ultra Black, which is on uh King's It's 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 that's a joint. Uh what'd you think? What'd you what'd you think of the what you think of the new songs like Wave Gods and all the stuff they put out this week? I loved it. I listen to Wave Gods every day. Um so good. It is it's interesting because the ASAP Rocky collaboration Has was the verse grown on you no it's not that his verse is grown on me i just really like the song and um i like the beat i like the primo like yeah. you know yeah influence primo. so um yeah i liked asap's i liked asap's verse you know what he was doing he was trying to sound like a 90s rapper like 90, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And backpack backpack yeah. 90s flow yeah, yeah. yeah i think dedicated. so like he was switching it up like in deference to the god right like i i felt like that was appropriate um I my favorite of like the recent Nas stuff is uh, EPMD two, yeah. and Eminem. like Eminem goes crazy, Nas goes cra like, crazy, like yeah, just just crazy. Uh, what's the song on the new one I like though? Uh, what's track What's track two? That's uh, the best. Meet, meet Joe Black. 
Meet Joe Black is crazy. Meet Joe Black's hard, yeah. yeah. That's, That's hard. And there's a lot of business stuff in there. Yeah, yeah a lot. A lot. A, another guy we need to have sitting in so, the market. You guys haven't had yeah. you guys you guys haven't had Nas yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh, oh it, has to, it has to happen. I sense it. To. I sense it. Has, it. It's it gotta to happen. happen. It of course. Josh, it's been a pleasure. How can the people follow you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter or are you not on Twitter anymore? He's off Twitter. I, I'm I like I, I have to put out one tweet a month for the algorithm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so like I, I'll put out like what I had for lunch or something. Okay. So don't follow me there. Follow me, uh follow me IG, uh at downtown Josh Brown. Follow me on YouTube. You got a YouTube audience. So we're the compound RWM. One of my favorite so shows. YouTube.com slash the compound RWM. That's we put a ton of effort and time into trying to do good video content. And we've been inspired like in a huge way by you guys. Obviously, you know that. Um, so we, we were watching you and we were just saying, like, look at the rate at which these guys have built community. And look at the substantive conversations they're having. So we've learned a lot from the, the whole EYL phenomenon. Um, but so that's what we're doing on YouTube. And then the podcasts. Like we've got, I think, three very high quality podcasts. My partner Barry does Masters in Business, which is through Great Bloomberg. Show. Yeah. He has like Ray Dalio. He has huge. Yeah. Ray, I think this week is Ray Dalio. Huge guests. Um, my, my podcast is The Compound and Friends. Which we're gonna get Ian on there. Uh, hey, I hope yeah. this this year. Last uh, episode was guys. Last episode was incredible. If you haven't checked out oh, the last you. episode, with, yeah, yeah. It's CEO of, of Trading View, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pierce, not the CEO, but yeah, yeah. Trading. He's a Trading View guy. Exactly. We yeah, have incredible. um, we have some great guests coming up on uh on the Compound and Friends. A lot of really deep thinkers. A lot of really great asset management people. And then uh, Animal Spirits is the Michael spirits, and Ben. Yeah. So. Those are our three pods, and we put a ton of time and effort. So if you're if you want more, that's where you can find us. Josh, you are my guy. Let me squeeze in one more question before we wrap up. Uh, what's your favorite research tool on Y charts? I do screen. I I use Y charts mostly for screens. So I'm trying to find out mm. where the strength is in the market. Yeah. So I'm looking for like S and P 500 stocks that pay a dividend and are within three percent of an all time high. And mm. that'll give me a universe of like 30 stocks instead of 500. Yeah. And that's where I would find something like an A.O. Smith from, for example. Like, mm, okay. and I would never, it would never occur to me. Like, yeah. nobody's talking about this stock, right? So I, I highly recommend people learn how to use screeners. And the screening tool on YChart's pretty good. Perfect. Guys, before we go, I want to shout out Professor Lawrence Eggleston, who texted me and said he'll be mentoring the 16-year-old that called in and spoke wow. with his father. He started investing when he was 16, so we're going to set that up. So shout oh, out. Dope, 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 dope. Lawrence for the win again, man. Josh, shout out to Josh, it's been an honor, my brother. I would talk to you offline, but thank you. Thank you for always, um, you know, uh, looking out for us. Anytime we actually do something. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's always a, an honor and a pleasure every time that we connect. Great content. So much information, so much information. So thank you guys thank for letting me be part of the show tonight. Really appreciate it. What day, you, what day are you back on CNBC? I'll be on. I'll be on tomorrow at uh, twelve o'clock on the halftime yeah. report. Tear it up. Miss you today, check, man. Check, check that out, also, everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, Josh. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for you watching. Too. Pleasure, all right. pleasure. All right, bro. All right. Shout out to Josh, man. Great, great guy. So when I be grabbing my mic and going crazy, <laughs> Ian needs to calm down. When I took peers, it's about respecting the peers and those who are, you guys heard what he have under management. 
And please write that down. The tip about being silent and going away. That's where all the money is. I'm telling you. Stay low, keep firing. Mm-hmm. Know that. Hey, man, while we're here, uh, this episode of, of Market Mondays is brought to you by Ally, a leading digital financial service company with passionate customer service, innovative financial solutions, and our relentlessly focused on doing it right for both customers and our communities. Get with Ally to make the most of your money so you can save, invest, and spend on the things that matter you most. For everything we need, we're all better off with an ally. Shout out to them. Shout out to Ally, man. Good, good people. That's good, amazing. Good company for sure. Watch this episode five times. There's so at least, much that at you least. missed out. I don't want you to come back in six months and be like, yo, I can't believe I missed it. I am telling you, Josh is one of the people, even before I began doing a podcast that I liked, respected, admired, um, Barry, the entire team. We got to get JC on too. I think JC would be dope to do some charting with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to our our good friends at CNBC. We got a couple people over there. Shout out to them. Shout out to CNBC for sure. Um, and make sure you subscribe to Market Mondays on podcast outlets on specifically Apple. Um, Mm -hmm. subscribe to Market Mondays, give it a five star rating, and leave a comment. Leave a comment, leave a comment, five star rating, and subscribe. And tell a friend to do the same. Yes, yeah, new listeners always great. Yes. Very important. Very, very. Get very. the whole family signed up. Family, mm-hmm. friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, y'all the side pieces. Get yeah, everybody signed up and watch. It's, we need doing financial freedom for everybody. It's free. It's the freest investment you can make. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, great, great episode tomorrow. Earn your leisure. We are back. Our third year anniversary, Miss Business. We're going to talk about how to start a business. Every single thing you need to know about starting a business, how to run a business all of the tricks of the trade, how to put together a complete business plan. So that's a big episode for us being our third year anniversary, our first guest ever. So make sure you check that out. Um, Make sure, like you said, watch this episode a few times. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We appreciate you guys. 9,000 people on the the night of national, on the night of a national championship game is not easy to do. So, you know, just shout to the earners, man. We had a thousand earners in in, uh, Zoom tonight, man. That was crazy. Yeah. You got a new notepad? Nah, it's the same. Oh, same thing. Like got more paper now. Um, yep. So shout yeah, out. Well, that notepad out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary. Well, well, congrats on the three years. Like, is there one key lesson besides consistency that you want to share um, to celebrate the three years that you guys have been doing it? Because yeah, I feel like sure. I've been doing a ten. Yeah, for sure. Consistency is definitely the the the, the key, um, but also reinventing yourself and never becoming satisfied mm-hmm. and always pushing the envelope. I think Market Mondays is a perfect example of that. I mean, we could have just been happy with having earned your leisure, but we wanted to expand and do other things. And Market Mondays came out of that. And now Market Mondays is a hit show. Yeah. And then assets over liabilities is a hit show. So it's like, you know, and then just like switching up content, starting at, you know, 60 second Instagram clips to IGTV, now TikTok. You always, nothing ever stays the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to become blockbuster where you just rest on your laurels and, and become happy with your level of success because that's when your day is over. Yeah, I will I will say that um, managing ego has been mm-hmm. a key to our success and understanding everybody has a role to play and everybody's great at something and respecting each other's space and each other's brilliance yeah. and not only respecting it, but highlighting it, right? Like there's yeah. no, secret. you do that. Oh, you do all that very well. I was yeah. like, yeah. you got to write that Troy Joy book. <laughs> That's key. So For second real. ego, I, I mean, shout out, shout out to, uh, 
my boy uh, Jabari Johnson, he gave me a book, Death of the Ego. Uh, and it's a powerful book, and it talks about that and just managing it and checking it and being very aware of it. Uh, because when you do that, then you're able to to do something really well. And I think we've mastered that is being able to collaborate with people. Um, so like you said, like Market Mondays is a collaboration, right? When we do stuff with, with Matt in the real estate space, it's a collaboration. When we talk with Washington, it's collaboration. Um, and so we've been able to do that really well because we've checked our ego and said, you know what, we could do this by ourselves each week, but why not highlight the brilliance of our community each week as well? And so that has been uh, one of the keys to success as well. So, and, and then the last thing I'll say before we wrap it up is uh, a major key is to have help and to expand on the help. So, you know, everybody, a lot of people just see me and Troy, but a lot of people yeah. behind the, behind the scenes, you know, shout out to Mike, our partner, Mike out in Atlanta. Shout out to Bam. Mike, Bam, I love y'all. Yeah, shout Smalls. out. Smalls. Yeah, shout out to Smalls. Shout out to 13th and Create, who yeah, have cur curated, you know, our content for the last half a year. It's the been bros. Shout out to Greenleaf, who have done a lot of engineering work, behind the scenes work for us oh. when we're in New York. Um, shout out to my sister, shout out to Danielle, shout out to Janet, um, shout out to MG, the mortgage guy. Um, you know, just a lot of people that like you see, you see the people in front of the screen, yeah. me, Troy, Ian, you know, different people like that, where it's like, there's always people that you don't necessarily see that have, you know, a part to play as well. So yeah. that's a major, major key. Shout out to Abdullah. Oh yeah, Abdullah. My guy. Yeah. <laughs> you ran yeah. my push-ups yet, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta run up on him, man. This NFT gonna, gonna work though. Yeah, he's gonna work. I mean, I, I've known him since he was a young man, and to see what he's become um in this space, especially regarding us, it's incredible, man. So his growth has been incredible, and we are we are very lucky and fortunate to have him a part of, of this movement, man. Yeah, shout, yeah. Out to shout out to him. Shout out to Magda. She's sick right now. But shout out oh, to yeah, Magda. Shout out to Magda. Shout Magda. Out to Magda. Magda, the EYLU team is uh is growing and strong. Shout out to all the earners, man. Shout out to my yeah, girl, all the club also. leaders as well. Yeah, all the club leaders. Awesome. Everybody, yeah. man. Shout out to everybody. And then also Look I want to say too before, because this is probably the longest show on Market Monday's history, but um also keep going. He only 16. Go ahead. Yeah. Special <laughs> shout out, special shout out to Charlemagne too. Because yeah. uh, we were talking about this yesterday. It's crazy because I think 85 South gave him the um they gave him Lifetime Achievement Award. And it was crazy. I was on the phone with Troy and 19 Keys yesterday, and I was saying that Charlemagne, in my book, he's definitely like they have that times uh most influential people, 100. He's definitely in the top hundred most influential people in the world. And it's like the way he has a, a grasp of culture, he's really he become like the hip hop Oprah. And um he I don't even know if he realizes how much power he actually has but even for us you know working with him and yeah. um you know him him like you know doing different things to actually expand our brand and expand our platform so that was a random shout out he's but selfless <laughs> nah like, man what yeah. one of the things he said was like we when we on the phone with him like i remember the first time we had like a a group call he was like i want y'all to win so whatever advice y'all need i'm here to give it to you and, he's and he really mean that's the really meant part. it, it really yeah. meant it. Um, so yeah so shout out to him man shout out to the god Ian, I'll give you the final word. I love you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did, please put what was your favorite lesson in chat. Um, and I appreciate you guys for rocking. Um, don't be afraid of this market. Study. The reason why I kept saying, hey, go dig and find all these other companies um, and 200 charts. We just talked about it. Go dig because you're going to have some amazing opportunities there and you are worthy to be rich, happy, wealthy, free. Um, and if any of you are going through a rough time, let me know. Cause I know 
financially things may be good, but on an emotional side, uh, dealing with, you know, COVID since 2020 and being locked down because we're not supposed to be caged in this way. Um, but if any of you are going through something personally, man, you can always reach out, um, especially if you're going through any real life stuff because the last two years have been tough, but I appreciate you guys so much for rocking with us and tuning into the show dearly. Yeah. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. See you. Shotty, ready to go. <laughs> See you tomorrow. I'm playing the catch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you guys for rocking with us. It's been a pleasure. Peace. Peace. Love Peace. you. Love. love y'all. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.